It's my birthday! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fireworks! The seats have probably got nasty things dried up in the grease. No, 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 Otherwise known as that sinking feeling you get when you're just about to step off a bus. And I am the devil's anus. <laughs> I want safe passage through you. Um, it's Big Dumb Cast and we're here to talk about some nonsense and bollocks and shit. Yeah. In the realm of news, we're talking two items, what we got on the uh, content, you beautiful man. Uh, news we've got, we got the Justice League Ring Time is, is out. And is we know, it? And we Question know how mark. long slash short it's going to be. Yeah. It might surprise you. Um... And also, our favourite superhero movie on the upcoming slate, uh, Sony Pictures' long-awaited solo Venom picture has begun production, and Twitter's got some thoughts on that. Yes, it does. As do we. Uh, but yes. then also, we're talking a little bit about Cult of Chucky. Uh, and also, also, the also biggest, nearly Halloween. You know. And also, the biggest movie release of this week, The Death of Stalin. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I've not seen it. You've no, seen, seen it, have yeah. I'll, no, I'll get on that. We're talking <laughs> Thor... Ragnarok. It's out over here. It's not out in the States yet, so mm-hmm. if you're listening to the States side, warning, we will be going into spoilers a bit later on. Um, just skip to the time codes and you'll have to wait till next week. Skip to the time codes, 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 skip to the time codes. But first, Justice League has announced its running time. Yes. Um, although at first there was no clear running time because different sources were saying different things for Well, this movie's been in different edits for... Yeah. I mean, to the point where Twitter made a moment about it. But to be fair, Twitter make the moment, like, from a fart. So, whatevs. But, yeah, it was like, hang on, Cineworld's saying this. Hang on, Views saying this. Virgin Cinema's saying this. Odin is saying this. Like, what? What's going on? AMC have said this. What is this? Apparently, the final running time for the fourth movie in the Zack Snyder-influenced horrific DC not-EU... Is 121 minutes long. Wait a minute. Which is just are one saying, over two hours. Are you saying it's a manageable two hours? It's shorter than Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman feels like a shorter movie. Oh, yeah, no, when Wonder Woman flies it, by. Like it's, it's, but that's a sign of a good film. Yeah, like yeah. The pacing's right. And Absolutely it, flies by. But, you know, Batman v Superman dragged... Yeah. Man of Steel dragged. Yeah. And Suicide Squad was quicker, wasn't it? Suicide Squad was like just under two hours and it felt like it was shut out and stuff. But this will be... The, but what's unusual about this is this is the one where they're introducing three new main characters. And it will be the shortest movie. And it'll be the shortest one. Now, do you think this is entirely the Whedon reshoot influence? Um, I think it can't hurt. He's not getting a director's credit, by the way. Fair enough. He's getting a, he's getting a screenplay credit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which... I mean, give him like second unit, like shared credit or something, maybe. No, no. So it's like, because yeah, it would be, it would be weird to not acknowledge that he has directed a very significant portion well, of the movie. Well, the reshoots director didn't get credit for Row One. It was still credited to Gareth Edwards. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah, but then again, weren't those reshoots more contained? Like they were like a three or four week process. Whereas no this has idea. been, this has been hefty rewrites of the movie, and I suppose Lord knows what. But at the same time, it's probably not the best thing at the moment, especially in the current climate. Of um, uncomfortable sexual what climate tension that, Christopher? within Hollywood to credit um, a uh, sort of false 
feminist adulterer as your director. So, yeah. Yeah. Instead, we'll just put up the... I'm not saying these are equal, obviously, but instead we'll just credit it to the passion, passionless, limited talent of Zack Snyder. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there yeah, is so that. How, how do you think they're going to fit Justice League into two hours? They're not. Um, they're not. They're not. They'll release... I'll tell you why they're... I'll tell you why it's two hours, Matt. Matthew Watson. Yeah. Matthew Watson of Gisborne. Is it for the same reason that... Matthew Lahargill Watson. I'll tell you why. Is it for the same reason that The Dark Tower was about 90 minutes long? No. No. No, no, you're thinking of the wrong sins. Those are Sony sins. These are Warner Brothers sins. Okay. Justice League Cinematic Root Edition will be 121 minutes long. Yeah. Because then that's how they're going to sell the 140... uh, 140 minute Blue Ray version. One of the early reports had they cut the movie at 170 minutes. Yeah. And that'll be what we get on Blu-ray. That's what'll happen. A nearly three hours long Justice this, League. This would be the third DCU movie in a row since it's kick-started proper. Guaranteed they will release an extended version for home I mean, media. What's the longest Marvel movie? Um, probably what, Age of Ultron. Like, mathematically, or just how it feels? Probably Age of Ultron in both cases. Yeah. Um, or Dark World, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we'll long. talk about Dark World and the problems it has when we when we touch on Ragnarok later. Oh, dirty. Um, but yeah. I do love touching on Ragnarok. I do love touching on Ragnarok. Oof. Um, <laughs> I just... That, that hammer pulls me off. Um, <laughs> oh no! Uh, so the longest Marvel movie is Captain America Civil War. Which Do you is... know what? That makes sense because it's the biggest cast of all the Marvel films. Which is two hours twenty seven minutes. Closely followed by the Avengers at two hours twenty three and Avengers Age of Ultron at two hours twenty one. That makes sense. Those are the ones with the biggest ensemble casts. Yeah. And the most the most sort of storyline to bring together. And early reports are Infinite Water and a clock in around two and a half hours. So just That's, a bit yeah. longer than Civil War. So Justice League has either somehow miraculously perfected the art of multiple superhero crossover storytelling yeah. on its first try. Or Joss Whedon has hacked out loads of unnecessary chuffer, streamlined the story as best he can, and they're going to sell us a longer cut on home video. And it'll be yet another DC movie I don't bother by. <laughs> like, notice how Wonder Woman isn't an extended edition. No, because they probably didn't shoot a lot of shit they didn't need. Yeah, and it's, it's a, a damn fine script. movie. They did, they did, they did, what I'm saying but also they don't have to try and sell the home edition to make more money, because mm. people enjoyed it or heard that it was good. So we're just going to buy it. Well, I think Wonder Woman has the advantage of one being a tighter script to start with, yeah, and two not having all the uh, inverted commas universe building stuff to shoehorn in that kill BVS, that that um, bog down Age of Ultron and mm. Iron Man Two. Like it doesn't have any of that stuff, so it just tells its story, licks along, and it's you know it's still in excess of two hours, but it doesn't feel it because it just whips right through the story. Jaws interesting, you know. In theaters, trailers at the moment are always sort of behind the online. Release. Yeah, because we got I got the Black Panther trailer when I saw Thor yeah. yesterday, and it's the first trailer. It's not the new one. Yeah, we saw Thor this morning, and it was it was it was the Black Panther trailer immediately followed by the first Justice League trailer, the one that ends with "I hear you can talk to fish." Like, do do really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's that one. Yeah, it's the, the no, one where it's like, Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. The one I, the one I got was the one that ends with, um, oh, there's like a bat. 
That's it. Yeah, no, that's right. You're right. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the why he talks fish was the San Diego re- uh, reel, wasn't it? Oh yeah, or the New yeah. York Comic Con reel. No, it's the San Diego reel from last yeah, year. Yeah, the trailer that's not a trailer. Oh my god, it came out a year and a bit yeah, ago. Yeah. That, oh god. Yeah, this was this was the the first trailer from like March or whatever. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Um, the one that I got attacked for <laughs> on freaking Twitter. Yeah, asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that was one point. And it was, yeah, did you get? Oh, did you get? I didn't know James Hetfield was playing Aquaman. Did you, <laughs> I'm My man! To, I didn't to, know the postman for Rick and Morty was playing Aquaman. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go and see. I gotta see, see if I can get backstage and talk to him about it when I see Metallica on Saturday. It's like James, James, how does it feel to be in Justice League? Talk to me, James. Oh yeah. So are you, are you James, are you macho? Man I Randy like Savage? it. You macho man, Randy Savage now. That's what James Hetfield said. I know, but you were, you were virgin on Macho Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> James Hetfield. Is turning into Randy Savage, into Macho Man Randy Savage, and Jason Momoa is doing an impression of them both in Aquaman. Well, that just the trailer, I'd be like, okay, I'll give it a go. Yeah, um, yeah but so you, did you get Black Panther then the Justice League trailer? Yes. What a dull juxtaposition that was. I know. Like the first Black Panther this... trailer is a tease. It's so much a teaser. It doesn't show you a lot. Look at this exciting. The mood is yeah. Movie that still has you know shadow and and. Because there's bits of it where he's hiding in the shadows and there's a city stuff. The dog, night. yeah, but, but it's preceded with a dog barking up a tree at him. So it's like yeah. there's still this sort of this lighter tone, and also just like all the stuff of Wakanda, <laughs> this glittering, wonderful <laughs> city <laughs> hidden <laughs> in the mountains of Africa. <laughs> and step into the spotlight, like the song, uh, and and circus at the beginning. The <laughs> I can see you and all that oh, stuff. Andy Circus, man, just having the like time of his fucking life in that. Just the visuals, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like they played that and they played the first Justice League trailer. But the thing I noticed the most was the Justice League trailer is dour. It's so different from the two that have followed it. Yeah, yeah, so different. It's bleak and it looks dour. And apart from the, I dig it. Like it's just bleak. Yeah! They said the heroes would never come, the Age of Heroes would never come again. Who? Who said that? Who said that? What Age of Heroes? It's trailer dialogue. And also it's their first, um, it's their first tagline, which is justice for all, which they've abandoned. It could be worse. It could be the world's changing. Which they do do in the Black Panther trailer, to be fair. Yeah. That, that, that World's changing, boys. Time we change too. The world has (laughs) changed. The world is changing. The world's changing. 21st century is when it all changes. And you've got to be ready. Oh, um, God. Um, but, but, do you know what it's like? Their, their tagline originally was Unite the Seven. And then they gave up on that because they obviously dropped a character. Well, I think that might be to do with Aquaman. I don't know. Because. I don't know. Jason Momoa's been coming out and saying that people might not like his Aquaman movie because he do, he's not King of the Seven Seas yet. <laughs> and you won't see that until the end of the <laughs> And you, hey everybody! And uh, you're not gonna like my movie. This man, and, this and man, you don't is see a, that until the end of the first of his first Aquaman movie. Jason Momoa <laughs> is a walking PR fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, it's cool. He drinks beers and throws tomahawks. Yeah, and then he he makes rape sound like a comedy thing in yeah. a panel. It's like this man is a walk. Fuck Marvel, he says, and it's like this guy's a walking PR fuck up. He's horrific. But a nice bloke. <laughs> Lucy, like, was, Lucy got an autograph off him once. Apparently, apparently he, was, he was lovely. But then you see the stuff he does and you go, you are an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. You, you're an idiot. I don't think you're nasty. I just think you're an idiot. But people love him because he has a beard and throws axes. Oh, God. He's a cool who, dad. Who does that? I don't think people will like my movie because... No, excuse me. You've already said the first half of the sentence. 
that's no, now like, a thing you he's said. Like, he's prepared for people not to like his movie because... But that's... You don't gonna see, be, you say, oh, it's going to be great. James Wan's doing a brilliant job and the script's great. That's what you say. You don't say people aren't going to like the movie. You say it's the journey of Arthur becoming the King of the Seas. You say that and people but go, he's, he's like, oh shit, cool. But he's like, no, he's not the King of the Seven Seas and he won't be till the end of the first movie. So, you know. It's like, what the so, fuck, dude? He's so stupid. He's so stupid. Oh my God. And this movie looks... I still, the last trailer made me feel a little more optimistic because the color palette at least made it look visually interesting. It was like yeah. it's like if someone went into a Zack Snyder movie and went, "Okay, we've got that bit of red, but why don't we get a splash of red? Let's just turn the saturation right." Up. Yeah, now that could get really sickly, but it at least suddenly looked like these comic book characters from the whimsical because like the Justice League are whimsical as fuck. I'm thinking that Flash might end up being the best thing about this movie. From the little I've seen in the trailer. Yeah, it looks, it, it looks, it's reminding me of, of Justice League animated series Flash. Yeah. A little bit. Very which then reminds me of my favourite moment from the Justice League animated series ever, which is when Lex Luthor's oh, in Flash's so body. Good. So good, and it's, so uh, good. he's sort of undercover and everything's fucking up. He goes, well, at least I can find out the Flash's secret identity in front of the bathroom mirror and he lifts up the mask. He looks, he smirks and he just goes, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> I, I was, I, when we had some of the, we had some kids around uh, last weekend. No, it was the weekend before. Um, we watched a bunch of that first season of Justice League, it's like so about good. fifteen episodes. It's so and just good. yeah, Flash is fucking great in it. He's brilliant. Tony is absolutely spot on. I'm the fastest man alive. Or maybe that's why you can't get a date. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> And it's weird how refreshing that is now compared to TV Flash, which was sort yeah, of fun. Yeah, it started off really yeah. fun, and it's just gone like the last it's gone season, arrow. It just got, it went so arrow. Has season four started? Not watched it. Same. Yes, yeah, it's, it's watched it. It started, but um, that says so much, doesn't it? The ratings have dropped as well. Like it's the lowest it's been, lowest it's ever been. Was because we had three series of oh, his villain is someone who runs fast. Yep. How did he solve the problem? He ran faster. You've got to run faster, Barry. And what happened at the end? He went in a portal. Am <laughs> <laughs> I right? Three that is the end running. of Three every series. He went in a portal. Running in circles. The show is running in circles and no amount of Cisco is ever going to bring me back to the point where I was with like series Dude, two. Series Cisco, two was when I was like, I dig this show so yeah, much. Yeah, season two was a strong point. And then series three started that way. And then and it I was just, bored. It, yeah, it got boring. Oh man. Which is I think why the speculation has been going on this week. Slight tangent, keeping with DC. Um the speculation has been going on this week that uh, Batman's being introduced in Arrow at some point. They've named Bruce they, Wayne. They've named yeah. Bruce Wayne specifically. Uh and after a couple there's like Wayne Industries has been mentioned, I think, in The Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. And Flash apparently in one of the episodes has like so. a Wayne Wayne logo on something. So it's like people are going, Are they sowing the seeds? And it's like I'll be honest, I think what you do is you plan to end the Belanti shows in like a year or whatever, and you have one big event crossover, and you just fucking blow your wad, and you put Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman in it. Just do it. Just do like a big crossover. The yeah. last, have a last episode for each of the things, and then one more episode for each show that is a crossover. Of, they've done all sorts of nods to it. Like they mentioned Gotham in Supergirl, even though it's a different universe. Yeah, well, but, um, it's, but it's also like the same as our Earth, just it's different in it. And I, they're going to bring her over eventually. They'll do it. Well, she keeps coming over for crossovers. I'm surprised they didn't do it for, with with Flash. I th- I'm surprised after Flashpoint they didn't just sort of go like, "Oh, the universes are a bit fucked up, and now you're here." Well, they did, but they didn't merge. Like, no, no, that's what I mean. Like yeah, they, they should have just merged it, like inexplicably changed Diggle's 
son to Diggle's daughter. That was stupid. For some reason. That was stupid. I don't know. But um, it, like an invasion, which I've been tempted to buy, actually. They've released that on DVD as its own oh, thing. Okay. Invasion crossover. Yeah. Uh, like an invasion, they don't say like she's from another dimension explicitly. Yeah. Just like she's a friend. They're like, oh shit, okay, cool. So you could very easily, in Flash, retcon yeah. where Kara's existence is. In well, Flash. Because you'd only have to mention it in Flash. And then in her show, you can just, like, a couple times, some people can be like, oh, what are you, the Flash? Like, so it's like, no, oh, did, right, they they're the acknowledging first, other shows. the first crossover in Supergirl. Yeah, well, yeah, he appeared in that episode of Supergirl, didn't he? Yeah, because the, the preview about... image was that freaking, it was like the, the, the Superman and Flash racing yeah, yeah. image. It was beautiful. But they explicitly talk about him coming from another universe. Yeah. Over another yeah. Earth. Yeah. But, but again, without being continuity-heavy, they could just... just in Supergirl, I think you could just accept that they're all in the same world without ever having to mention it. Because, 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 like, multi-earth travel has Hmm. become such a big thing in Flash. Yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why it's getting boring, because it's like, there's not as much capers or anything anymore. Well, but they got to go through the city on Earth 2 and stuff like that, so... Which was cool, but it was one episode. Yeah, but the the fact that they can do stuff like that, they're just not willing to. And it was the majority of the season's budget. Yeah. So, you know. And they do a musical episode, which was so-so. <laughs> it was so-so. It's like Victor Garber? Beautiful. Nice. Who's Barrowman? Of course Who's... they were going to get Barrowman in it. Of and course they were. Victor Garber is stepping down as a series regular on Legends Tomorrow. He is, which I, I'm, I'm surprised didn't happen sooner. But that's, all, that's also because he's going into Broadway. Again? Yeah. Garber's treading the boards? Uh, yeah. He's fucking fabulous, isn't he? Victor Garber's, he's fabulous. He's great in everything he's in. Let's talk about something else that's <laughs> fabulous. Uh... You love Spider-Man, right? Yeah. You yeah. love the villains of Spider-Man. Probably the second best rogues gallery, if not joint first rogues gallery in comic books. Yes. Yeah, freaking brilliant. Like, I right would, I would argue he rivals Batman's rogues gallery. Yeah, ba- Batman's are more sort of like, there's more of a depth to them and all that sort of stuff. Spider-Man's do have that too. Well, but, Spider-Man's... but Spider-Man's are the most visually exciting sort of villains. You've got a big lizard in a lab coat. You've also, got a man with a fishbowl head surrounded by mist. His best villains <laughs> do the same as Batman's villains. They do the mirror aspects of him. Yeah. Like the part, there's a, there is a, there is a mirror image to a degree. Which is what I liked about the animal totem stuff because it's like yeah, all, the, it was like, oh, all the animalistic characters in his Rose Gallery are, are attempting to sort of... It's on purpose. Yeah. Just no one realised it before. Yeah. Um, you love Venom, right? Mm. I like I like Venom. I am... Child me fucking loved yeah, Venom. Yeah, I mean, I loved Venom in the animated series but the adult animated me series loved, bad. Adult me loves the Daniel Way miniseries that's basically the thing that then turns into uh, a Venom uh, story in New York. I, and I really like the Flash Thompson Venom stuff. I have not read the Daniel Way Venom. I liked what I did read of the uh, the Rick Remender Flash Thompson Venom. Yeah, which was, was about, I think I read... Did you read any Thunderbolts? When you joined Thunderbolts? I didn't read any Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. I, read I read the, the first, first volume, I think. I read up to Circle of Four. Yeah. Or a bit longer than that. I've read Minimum Carnage. So yeah. I've read it. I've read oh, it's a bit further read, past, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've read, a, I've read a good chunk of the Rick Remender Venom. Oh, well, I think he came off just after Venom of Carnage. He so. ended it with. Cullen Bunn took over. Hang on, hang on. Oh, God, I'm going to lower my chair so I can read the spine on the book cover. You ready? Cullen Bunn took over the run, and I stopped reading it when Cullen Bunn took over, I think. Or just after. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bunn wrote The Land Where Killers Dwell. Yeah. Um, and Toxin with a Vengeance. Yeah, so I didn't read those. Yeah, Not so like minimum carnage. Yeah, minimum carnage was a carnage series, but it it tied. It was a crossover. It was a crossover between Deadpool and Venom. No, you think it was something else. Minimum carnage was a crossover between Scarlet, Scarlet Spider, Spider and Venom. Venom. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of Deadpool versus Carnage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was fine. 
Um, it was interesting because it was like, yay, Carnage can actually be a serial killer up against a hero who can. Spider wasn't great. It was. It. it was. It was beautifully short. Like they didn't. They didn't. They didn't overegg it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, they're doing it again, aren't they? Uh, yeah, but with with Ben, ben Ryan, Ryan, I've not I've not yeah. touched any of it. I just, I just pick up the Neither amazing I. trades now when they come out. I'm so far behind on Spider Man. I really need to catch up because I like what Dan Slott was doing. Yeah. Up until when I stopped reading around Spider Verse. Last stuff I read was uh, the Osborne conspiracy. Um, the Osborne conspiracy. Oh, Is it there? Osborne. Um. Osborne Subit. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's the last one of the black spined ones. Yeah, I was what I meant to say. I, I don't, I don't see that. Why have you got Spider-Man after Worldwide? Hmm? Oh, no, because uh, my Spider-Man's chronological from here uh, through to Osborne Identity, and then after that, it's just sort of uh, either tie-ins or random one-off stories or ones that I can't place in the continuity because they're minis and things like that. Spider-Man... I, I use Spider-Man to separate them because it's just the biggest book, so you, you can sort of see where the separate separation is between the ongoing and all the random books. Well, that's, that's not where Spider-Man goes. No, but it also isn't like there isn't a specific place in the continuity where you could slot it. Um, like this is all Amazing Spider-Man with occasional friendly neighborhoods and sensationals if they're part of an ongoing story. Like Civil War, for example, I think is uh, is there because that's obviously all the Spider titles, but they all played at the same time. We'll have a conversation about Spider-Man <laughs> another day and Spider-Man continuity. I want to read Spider-Man too. Has it been coming out yet? It's out. I would like to read that. I don't think it's only got one more issue to go. Because I think I think yet. they reveal. Who yeah, they, the, they go into the six one six Miles Morales, yeah. which is even weirder now considering that actual Miles Morales is in six one six. Yeah, it feels like a story they wanted to tell before all the Secret Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, point is, I I like Venom. I like the idea of Venom. I enjoyed him more as a kid. Sometimes writers do something with him where I'm like, that's freaking cool. Most like, times like, writers don't. No, most times writers don't. But that, like Mark Millar, for example, in Marvel Knights, does something really cool with him. Yeah, like Eddie Brock is like his cancer's coming back, and he's been repenting, and he decides, right, I'm getting rid of the symbiote. So he auctions it off at a supervillain black market auction, gives all the money to charity, um, and the mobster buys it for his son to try and prove something of himself. Yeah. His name's um, Angelo or something. And, oh yeah yeah, 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 and and the first thing it does when he puts it on is he's like, right, where's Spider Man? Of course, the symbiote's like, right, hang on. Peter Parker's that way. He's like, right, who? Oh, fuck it. I don't care about his name. Let's go kill him. Let's go Ooh! kill Spider-Man. So he attacks Peter at like a Midtown High reunion. And there's this brilliant bit where like, basically he's leaping between buildings and the symbiote like says like, I'm no, you're pathetic. I'm done. And he's like, you can't go. He said, sorry, Angela, you just don't have the venom. And he just lets go of him mid-leap. Nice. And this guy just plummets to his death. Like, that's an interesting, do you know what I mean? And then later in that story, it latches onto Matt Gargan because it's just like, oh, this could be fun. Uh, and then the stuff that, 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 that happened with Gargan as part of Osborne's Avengers was kind of nice when he was Venom. Like that worked out. Fine. He was just like the, the the monster for hire, yeah. working with the bad guys right, and having fun. Pill that made him a regular Spider-Man. Yeah, so it made him look small and all contained. Which again, is, like, fair enough. Which like, part of the, the same facade. thing again with Aya Peck in the next Dark Avengers. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So it's you know like there's some interesting stuff can be done with. It. I think when he first arrived, when you read like the first volumes of it, which I think I've got. Yeah, Venom there. I've got a little shelf of the UK weird mini pocketbook reprints. That's got his first appearances in. His first storyline from Spider-Man as Venom. Birth of Venom. I've got a Birth that, of Venom hard. That's pretty cool. There. Like That's a pretty cool story, the way it's handled. and like, It's the first villain to just literally go to his apartment and basically show up in front of Mary Jane and be like, Hi! I might kill you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I just want you to let you know I'm going to kill your boyfriend and I want you to tell him that I've been here. Thanks! And she's traumatised because the first time since they've been married and since they've been together where a villain has paid her a personal visit to deliver a message. And it's a villain who looks like a sort of seven foot tall, black, um, gooey Spider-Man with giant razor sharp teeth. What the gooey Spider-Man? Dirty bastard. Okay. All the same, and here's the point we get to, all the same, I don't think we're fucked about Venom being in a movie. Like, may, may, maybe a fourth or a fifth movie in a series. Not a solo movie. But certainly not a solo movie, and certainly not a Sony-led solo movie, part of their spin-up. Now, okay, Amy Pascal announced that they were doing Venom during a press event, early press event for Spider-Man, Homecoming. Yeah, we talked about it. And that, Kevin Feige yeah, was like, sorry, what? Um, and they confirmed that Venom is set in the MCU the same way the Netflix shows are set in the MCU. They're not really going to ever reference it, I just and the movies, the other movies, are never going to reference it because guess what? It's a hard R rating they're aiming for, and they want it to be a horror movie. But here's the thing: you don't get Venom without Spider-Man. Now you could do a story about a symbiotic life form that like latches onto people and stuff, but you could just do that in general, like to make it Venom. Kind of needs to be part of Spider-Man's yeah, story. It's kind of his whole thing. The other day, Venom movie arrived on Twitter. Verified account. Um, Sony-led. With a picture and a caption just says, Day One. And the picture appears to be Tom Hardy and a director and someone taking notes in a rehearsal room. It appears to be Tom Hardy. Maybe it's not actually Tom Hardy. Oh, I think from the tats. No, I'm, I'm doing yeah. it. You're swine. You're swine! Um, I just want to read the responses because I don't want this movie. I don't want it. It's ridiculous. Because I think what's happening now, I think Pascal's doing this and she's doing Silver and Black, which is a Silver Sable and Black Cat story. Because, mm. you know, like the leader of an espionage and, and uh, mercenary uh, gang who try, are trying to liberate people back in their home country in Eastern Europe and a cat burglar from New York are obviously the story you want to tell. What is this? Um, two characters who, bless them, aren't particularly interesting unless they're part of the tapestry that is Spider-Man's ongoing story. You can do solo stuff with Black Cat if you want, but she's just going to come off as knockoff Catwoman to the mainstream audience. So, what's the point? Um, But what the plan is, it seems they're going to do that, and they're going to do Venom, and then, after Homecoming 2, that's the end of the current like contracted deal with Marvel for the MCU use of Spider-Man. So what they're going to do is they're going to retroactively bring that Spider-Man back into their own subsection of the MCU, their own Spider-Man cinematic universe, and he's going to carry on there. No, thank you. No, but that's not going to happen. I just wanted to bring up the responses to the tweets. Tell me the responses. Avaganda. First one's a little community gif of Donald Glover giving the thumbs up. Ah, the movie no one gives a shit about, says Grumbly Gunk, which I quite like. Let me, let me, let me do the voices. Okay. Hubert, Hubert Mungus. This is great, go for says, it. Says, read it as spelt as well, because this is a little, a little treat. Because she's not connected to the greatest cinematic universe of all time, it obviously will shook, just like that crappy movie Deadpool. And what I like there is he's misspelled everything. In an attempt to insult the person who's not excited for the movie. Yes. But that just makes it look like he's an idiot who's taking yes. way too much time to type that out. Um, Danny Allen at Danny Allen XP <laughs> says, 
It's connected. It just won't have Iron Man cameos every ten minutes, like Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. And then some of these these guys get into a big debate about Tony Stark. Have you seen Spider-Man the, Homecoming? Tony Stark isn't in that much. Are you kidding me? It's practically Iron Man Four. But was supposed to Iron Man, not Spider. Pete was trying to press Tony in the entire time. Okay, because Tony Stark plays a big role. Doesn't mean he's not Iron Man Four. Pretty much Iron Man was the whole movie that turned. No. What? Yeah, fanboys, fan wanking no. over each other. They're fan explaining to each other. Still um, think it's a huge missed opportunity not to have Venom as part of the MCU. Has someone learned nothing? And then someone Devin drops. Reed. Yeah, someone drops a truth bomb. Marvel wouldn't let it be R-rated as a horror film. That's true. There was that's, discussions, that's and Marvel true. said we don't want an R-rated film. True. In the MCU, and the thing is, Sony are obviously going to try and market Venom to teens. So why not just like save him for a Spider-Man sequel yeah. and aim it at? Older, older kids, like not the young ones, and teens. Why the rush to do a Venom movie? It's probably a rights thing. I wonder if Venom's sort of he's part of the Spider-Man rights. Yeah, yeah. But because he's such of his own property, I wonder if there's a bit of a, a technicality there. Um, let's scroll down. I want to find a couple more lots of me faves. Of stuff, lots of stuff. Um, da da da. Where is it? There's a few that I really enjoyed. Plenty of gifts. Plenty of people just putting simple gifts of like Tom Hardy smiling. A lot of love for Tom Hardy. <clears throat> There's a lot that, that seems to be the recurring thing. A lot of people are excited to see Tom Hardy play the role. Is he going to do his Bane voice like he does in those phone adverts at the moment? <laughs> oh, God. Films? Um, hopefully, what the hero one, since they said Carnage was going to be the villain, hopefully that's true. I mean, if you're going to do an R rated symbiote movie, that is your one time where you could get away with Carnage and it not be weird. Yeah. But you don't get Carnage without Venom. You don't get Venom. Without Spider-Man. Lots of people going, how is this going to work without Spider-Man exactly? Slightly hope they screw this up so Venom can be in a Spider-Man movie instead of some BS Sony universe. Better not ruin the Spider-Man franchise. They already did that. Someone zings back. Wonderful. Oh, God. Somebody doesn't get how production works. Let's go, boys. Now give me that first look at Venom, please. I don't think he's no. ready on day one no. of the production. Lots of Venom statues. Lots of Venom fan art. Some Tom Hardy has Venom fan art. Someone saying the soundtrack suggestions they should use uh, Venom. Black Metal by Venom, yes. Um, that's, a, that's an album. I have faith in Tom Hardy. That's right, that's nice. Hardy approves, according to that gift. Adam Williams. So Sony screw up Spider-Man, Marvel get it back on track, and then Sony decide they want another shot of fucking it up. Great idea. Yeah. I can't believe this is actually happening. Lol. Proper excited for this movie. Hardy will no doubt do it justice. Yeah. Yeah, of course Right. Why are you even a thing? No Spider-Man was harmed during the making of this movie. <laughs> Better not be. Um, I'm excited for Hardy as Brock and Riz Ahmed is in it. So, well, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I'm I mean, it's, it's an interesting cast, but it's like... It still doesn't... That's like... But here's one of my favourite things. This, um, Yeah. This is amazing, right? How the fuck can you not have Spider-Man? Venom and Spider-Man is like Batman to Joker. Uh, says Crazy Clown 124. Not quite. Someone says, well, yeah, but I understand, to, to, a, to the 90s kids particularly, Venom is Spidey's nemesis. No, like, Green Goblin's Spider-Man nemesis. He is, but at the same time, the 90s Venom was like his, like, this is his, this is his big bad. Yeah, but no, Green Goblin is Spider-Man's nemesis. I think, it, I think it's generational. I think depending on how old you are, no, it's either Green Goblin... Hang on, Chris. hang on, hang on. We're talking about opinions of people throughout the ages. It's either Green Goblin, Doc Ock, or Venom. I think we no, both it's know Goblin, it's no. Green Goblin. Yeah. Because the idea of the Green Goblin haunts him throughout his whole life in different forms. And it's very much his arch nemesis. Osborne died, was left dead, and then came back in a fucking glorious fashion. And it worked. Was it, though? Once he was back, yes, absolutely. 
Peter back in the mantle and Osborne being um, a menace again. It was great. His initial reveal was a bit like, who's this? The eight-year-old me. Who's this? I don't get it. Who is this guy? Who's this? Who's Norman Osborn? Um, but someone put, isn't DC making a Joker movie without Batman? It's like, oh yeah. No, Good point. Sake. Good point. So. I've forgotten about that. I don't want this film. So it's like doing a Moriarty film without Sherlock. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't want either of those things. Uh, yeah, um, if we never get another Sherlock adaptation, it'll be too soon. Yeah, unless it's like insanely old school Sherlock, in which case, fair enough. Let's just—I'd be kind of comfy with that. Well, we've got we've got the resurrecting Peter Cushing tech from Row One, so let's just remake no. Howard the Last. No, no, no Penny. <laughs> Colin Baker, Sherlock Holmes. I'd watch the shit. Out of I would that. watch that. No joke. I would watch the shit out of that. Um. Anyway, we can resurrect Jeremy Brett with CGI. Just to point out as well, this is day one of production. On day Venom. one, of yeah, production. and it looks like a rehearsal photo, if not like some vocal stuff, or yeah? like a like a script meeting or whatever. I think there's a script. I think a script. Yeah, is... but like a read through sort of thing. Yeah, 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 read. Yeah. Um, would you like to know when it's coming out? Next year, October 2018. Fuck. With a character, with a lead character whose main trait, physical trait, is an ever-moving, living skin. He's a big old goo person. Yeah, so, you know, CGI heavy. We've got a year. Yeah, but look, I mean, they did it really well with Spawn. From utter shit to schlock. Um, This past week, we've been doing a big old mini-series over on my YouTube channel and on our big damn channel called Chucky Watch. I've revisited all the Chucky movies and I've been joined from Teb Ten by this handsome young man sat in front of me. Uh, all in the run-up to the UK release of Cult of Chucky, which is the seventh movie in the franchise, the second straight-to-DVD release, the third one directed by se- by character creator and series uh, scriptwriter Don Mancini. If you want to know our full thoughts on it, there's a video on the Big Damn Channel, Cult yes, of Chucky, is. give it a watch. There's several videos on the Big Damn Channel about several films at uh, the moment. But with all, you know, for those faithful listeners who know we were excited about this movie coming out, we talked about the trailer on Big Damn Cast. I'll just give you a few spoiler three, spoiler three, spoiler three, spoiler three thoughts. A spoiler three thought. Spoiler three thought. Three thoughts. Spoiler spoiler three. There's credits. There are scenes, and some people die. Three thoughts. Those are our three spoiler thoughts. Um, (laughs) lots of blood. Mm. Some actors are better Mm. than others, Mm -hmm. and that Fiona Doris pretty good, isn't she? Fiona Doris is amazing. Fiona Doris is absolutely fantastic, and just after I watched it. I was just like, I need to tuck in to Dirt Gently Season 2. Like, I really need to tuck in. I need to tuck in Dirt Gently Season 1. She's great in Dirt Gently. I've seen the first, like, three episodes, I think? She's terrifying in it. And really enjoyable to watch. Yeah. He talks like this. It just sounds really all, like, odd and, and, oh, God. Um, So it's a sequel to Curse of Chucky, like, in terms of being the most direct follow-up. So, if you've got required viewing, maybe watch Curse of Chucky Sequel before to you Curse watch of Chucky, prequel to Puppet Master versus Dolmanic. How says. dare you, sir? Puppet Master versus Dollman. Um, or whichever one. No, there was a Dollman versus Demonic Toys, wasn't there? Was there? There were, or a, do- or a do- Demonic Toys movie with Dollman in it. It was one or the other, yeah. Um, what they, what's that company me. called again? Full Moon. Full Moon, yeah. They just make crossovers with their own properties all the time. Um... So it's if if you need to do any required reading, maybe watch Curse of Chucky, um, because this one immediately follows on as the same protagonist. Uh, 
pretty great. If you enjoy your schlocky slash schlocky slash slash, oh, I love him. I love him. If you enjoy a I also really like my sibling S's. Yeah. Then give it a watch. If you enjoy living doll movies, give it a watch. Um, what, like Mannequin? That is technically a living doll movie. <laughs> You're right. Like Toy Story. Yes. Oh, see, the genre is more diverse than you'd imagine. It's not just dolls killing people. No, no. Sometimes it's stories about friendship and family and imagination and childhood. Like Ted. And shagging a mannequin. <laughs> oh, God. Was there a sequel to Mannequin? I'm not sure. I think there might have been a mannequin, too. Um, Mannequins. <laughs> should have been called. Oh, my God. Actually, no one second thought. Um, definitely worth a watch. It's a lot of fun. We kind of rated it. Uh, when we recorded our cult episode, is like it's sort of in the middle. Yeah, like it's 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 none of them are terrible. There's one that is very questionable and not brilliant, but it's not an awful movie in every way. How dare you talk about Child's Play Two like that? How dare you? I love Child's Play. I know, Play I, I know, it's not Child's Play Two. How See. dare you, Squire? Um, this is sort of slap bang in the middle, worth a watch, and also it's just good to encourage like decently sort of told and well-made movies that are going straight to home video release. Yeah. So if you are going to watch it, it is on UK Netflix uh, soonish. If you're in the States, you've already got it on Netflix. Or head to Asda and chuck out seven quid at a DVD copy because you get some cool special features about how they make the animatronics and things like that. So, huzzah! Huzzah! And if, and if you think you know your Chucky movies, you don't know anything. They rip up the rule book in this one, set fire to it, and then write a new rule book on the diner menu that it happens to be sitting in whilst it's redrafting. Uh, it's just mental. It's mm. really, really weird. And the teaser for Venom is really out of left field. <laughs> I didn't expect they'd do that, but... Oh, and Tom Hardy shows up in the post credit yeah. scene. Yeah. And it takes a shit on a copy of Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> and then says, We don't need him. Did you know your data can roll over? But Sky um, Mobile is different. Sky <laughs> I'm going to steal this sugar cube. I'm going to put this sugar in my pocket. Uh, I don't leave it in there when I put my cardigan in the wash. Oh, I'll have a sugar in washing machine. Very sticky. Just the way. <laughs> um, you bought your sugar. <laughs> I stole mine. <laughs> Thrived upon it. <laughs> oh, I bought no. sugar until I was a man and I started stealing. Um, so yes. Let's move on to something that's really fucking fun. Spoil-free thoughts on Thwa Ragnarok. Ragnarok and fucking roll. Beautifully put. It's... <laughs> so Thwa Ragnarok, yes. as I'm sure you know, dear <laughs> audience, is the third Thor movie. Mm-hmm. The 17th MCU movie. Is how many it is? 17th MCU movie. 17 in nine years. Wow. Directed by Taika Waititi. And only one year without one. Oh shit, yeah. 2009. It's the only year we didn't get one. Ah. Hmm. Weird thought, isn't it? So, this story sees Thor. Does it? Sees Thor. Um, sea Thor. Yes. <laughs> um, Thor sees Sea Thor by the seashore. Well, basically, what happens is... Hela, goddess of death, is released from a millennia-long imprisonment and decides that she's going to conquer Asgard and use it to spread out and take dominion over more than just the Nine Realms. Over all the realms! Mm, she's going to claim everybody! And she she breaks Thor's hammer 
and she casts him out, and he ends up on the, the junkyard asshole of the universe, planet Sakaar, mm-hmm. ruled over by the eccentric tyrant, the Grandmaster. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so much, like, maximum Jeff Goldblum. Um, and the Grandmaster has gladiatorial games, and turns out that the Hulk is one of his champions. <laughs> and then Thor's like, okay, well, I've got to get off this planet, and I've got to get back to Asgard, and I've got to find a way to defeat Hela. And that's Thor Ragnarok. And he mm. beats a ragtag bunch of misfits along the way. And you see some old faces. You see lots of new faces. And you have a great time. And it's metal as fuck. Like, yeah. like every frame of this film could be the the artwork to like an Amon Math album. Or yes. just spray painted on the side of a panel van. <laughs> Like, you see an airbrush on the back yeah. of someone's leather jacket or something and with, a, with a drinking on in their hands. Like, it's the kind of thing I'd wear. Like, I, I would happily have that picture of the Valkyries riding into Hela. Oh, my like, days. Fight Hela from that flashback. Uh, which looked like a living painting. Beautiful. Well, we'll talk more about that in spoilers, uh. but um, <laughs> it is bonkers. It is. It's mental. Like, it's just nuts. The first Thor had a quirky charm. Like, Kenneth Branagh brought the gravitas and focused on the, you know, the very sort of Shakespearean, you know, the the, the royalty and the, the kingdom kind of elements of it. Good old he brought, Shuckles Branagh. He brought that to it, but then also allowed it to be goofy when it came to Thor on Midgard, hanging out in a diner, hanging out with, you know, a quirky teenager and an older scientist and a, and a beautiful lady who will leave you between movies for reasons um so yeah um like like but there was there was a goofiness to that first thor movie that was, was sprinkled in and was quite enjoyable uh part of the reason why i don't love the first thor is because i do think all the loki stuff's really dull because it's just lots of emo whiny crying kind of stuff but it sets up like loki's not loki yeah. but it sets up loki the loki we we were expecting and know and love in avengers so it, it it did the groundwork, and but... also Dark World. Yeah, could Dark World like Loki's Thor the best the Dark... thing in Dark World? Hands yeah, down. Thor the Dark World had a giant problem in that they went. And I t- do you know what I think it is? I think it was a tone setter yeah, more than anything. Yeah. It was the it wasn't the director's fault, but it was the appointment of him. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Alan Taylor. Alan Taylor. Yeah. They basically went. Game of Thrones is popular. Let's do that. Let's get a Game of Thrones director. Let's have several battlefield scenes that are just swords and clanging. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah, they they, yeah. D- they dowered it down a bit because Game of Thrones obviously is like you know a lot of people enjoy it, but it is it is very dour and dark and and sometimes depressing in places in terms of like that whole oh it's the eve of battle oh god we're gonna die. Thor: The Dark World felt like that for pretty much most of the movie. Yeah. The only levity in that film was the occasional Cat Dennings one-liner. Uh, some stuff that Loki did, and that giant dog thing, like just disappearing through a portal and stomping around, and that brief bit on the on the tubes, like that was kind of it for levity. Um, Pantless Selvig. Yes, but again, it sort of dropped really quickly. It's just like the events of the Avengers have left him insane for some reason. Moving on. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Thor The Dark World is, is one of the, I think, the two weak links in the MCU. That and Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 feels like a placeholder and Thor The Dark World feels like a... Let's do that thing that people like. Oh, it was kind of dull. Well, I guess we'll still put it out. Yeah. I, it's fine. 
It's a functional, like, acumen. Let's cast no... a damn fine actor as the villain and give him no English-speaking lines to say and no interactive see, interacting scenes with anyone other than a brief conversation with um, Thor's mum. Which is definitely a mistake <laughs> they learned from in this one. Yes. Because they got Kate Blanchett to play Hela, and she's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I still don't know if they fixed the villain problem. I um... think I think, I think they just allowed an actor to enjoy being the villain. She's certainly one of the more compelling villains the Marvel sure, movies have had. I think. But I, I was, after the movie, I was thinking, if you read the script and just read it and weren't listening to Blanchett's delivery and, and the tone and everything that's being set with the, the visuals and the pacing, I think Hella would still read as kind of, all right, okay. But I think because they the, the tone of the movie overall and clearly that kind of sort of slightly um, sarcastic, no fucks given edge that she brings to it. Yeah. Like, she's bringing a holy mission. She's bringing about the end of days and the rule over several dimensions and worlds. Yeah. And she's sort of treating you with the flippancy of, like, well, this is fun. Yeah. And so I, th- I think I think Blanchett's performance and Taika Waititi's directing is what makes Hela possibly the best MCU villain since Avengers Loki. Yeah. Um, certainly on par with, like, that. Ego. Yeah, Ego was yeah, really good. Ego was really good. And again, I think that's Kurt Russell and James Gunn's tone for that movie. I feel like what they've done with this movie is sort of listen to the criticism that's been coming out recently of like, oh, all Marvel movies feel the same. They all yeah. feel the same formula. And they just kind of turned around to Taika Waititi and said, you know what? Just do your thing, mate. Just yeah. just go to Australia. Yeah. I know it's from New Zealand, but they shot yeah. in Australia. Um, <laughs> and like make the weird sort of Jack Kirby influence sort of pseudo-comedy action movie that you want to make. Because it is funny. Oh, it's God, very yeah. funny. Yeah. It's the, easily the funniest MCU movie outside of Guardians. Yeah, I was going to say, I still, think, I still think... Guardians tips it. The first Guardians has it. It's funnier than Guardians 2. It doesn't have the pathos that Guardians 2 has. No. No, yeah, the Guardians yeah. 2 is, like, less funny. This, but this Guardians 2 has more of a... Like this a, film is yeah. lacking a little bit on, on, on pathos and, yeah. and, and depth. It... it, um, it gets to it, which we'll get to in spoilers. Like, yeah. There's bits of it that, that aim for it, but it never really digs in. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it, it, I think when it comes to the MCU, I don't think this movie's, I don't think this movie's gonna blow you away if you love all the films. I think Guardians is still sort of set the bar for that. It, That's, that kind of chaotic rug pull, like, yeah. what the hell is this? And, and, and Civil War sort of in terms of stakes, that whole thing of, oh my god, they're actually pulling off this balancing act. Yeah. But, this is definitely in the... If there were, like, five categories, one was sort of the most boring, and that's Guy Man 2 and Thor The Dark World in it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, five has got, like, Guardians, Avengers, Winter Soldier in it, for example. This is definitely in the four. Like, this is sat very firmly in the four, probably on the wall between four and five, like, sne- sneaking something cheeky into five's camp. It probably got the most personality. My, my metaphors have made no sense. It's got the most personality <laughs> of any of the Marvel movies, I think. Even more so yeah. than Guardians. Like, yeah. this is very much... Taika Waititi going, I'm yeah. doing a superhero movie and it's going to have all my idiosyncrasies in it and yeah. also big explosions and fights. Yeah. And, I'm going to um, have I'm going to have a despot, like, crazed leader of yeah. a horrific gladiatorial society where everyone is basically either my slave, my underling, or my um, sort of uh, uh, devoted subject. But I'm not going to play it like that because I'm going to cast Jeff Goldblum and he's going to be really fucking charming and weird. Yeah. And it's like, okay, fair enough. Um, uh-huh. It feels like you've um, just kind of got a pe- bunch of people on set and just like, just do, do what you want. This is the best Thor movie. Oh, hands, hands down. down. Hands down. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Because you take, you take Thor out of... Well, the, the, f- the first Thor movie sort of... Well, the first Thor movie felt like the JMS 
like modern reboot post um, <clears throat> Civil War yeah, post yeah. um what was the other big event before that? Siege. Siege, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Siege was after the first run of that, wasn't it? Thor, Thor oh, yeah, it led into yeah. that. So it's like, yeah, it's post, like, Siege. It's like, post, post, post Ragnarok. Yeah. The when, first Thor movie felt like Thor, the Thor comics after Ragnarok had happened. Yeah, in the when, comics. when Thor comes back after Civil War. Yeah. That's the first film sort of invoked. That weird yeah. sort of grandeur and scale and, and mythos, but also that that interaction with humanity and the quirky weirdness of that. Yeah. The second Thor movie was sort of like it, it was it was Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, but without any charm or, or character really, and it didn't quite work. Yeah, they leaned into the sort of the fantasy angle of it, which yeah, which mm. is fine. But what's fun about Thor is that it's fantasy told through a sort of slightly tongue in cheek lens and weird cosmic space stuff. This one was like sixties, seventies batshit mental. Well, I've been I've been reading a lot of early Marvel recently, yeah. and um. <laughs> Like, early Thor, when it's still getting into mystery, goes through this weird, like, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee start it off. Mm. And it's like, oh, this is Thor. And it's kind of fine. And, start, and then Joe, Jack Kirby steps away from it for a while, and then Joe Sinnoh does some, some, mm. some of it. And it's kind of like really stock standard superhero stuff. Of like, oh, I love Jane Foster, but I can't be with her because I'm Thor, and it's a villain of the week, and I bite the villain and defeat the villain, and then, oh, Jane Foster. And... <laughs> That's like every, oh, Jane Foster. That's like every Star story. <laughs> and then, then what happens is Jack Kirby comes back. Yeah. And also they turn the backup feature in Journey into Mystery into Tales of Asgard. Yeah. Which is Stanley and Jack Kirby going like, okay, we're going to do these Norse myths, but we're going to do it Marvel Thor style. Yeah. And it's like weird, colourful Kirby designs, <laughs> like medieval slash sci-fi weirdness. Yeah. And then that stuff starts seeping back into the main Thor stories. And it starts to get weirder and cosmic. <clears throat> and then, of course, when you get things like when um, uh, fucking Walt Simonson, Jesus, I couldn't remember his name. Mm, yeah. When Walt Simonson comes onto it in the seventies, it goes full on mental, weird, sci-fi, yeah. cosmic. That's when he gets to fight Beta Ray Bill and things like that. Yeah. Um, this film has sort of embraced that vibe so hard. It, yeah. And then chucked a cheeky bit of sort of like that that eighties kind of neon glam in there as well. Just, yeah. just little hints of stuff. Well, like particularly Sakar, like Sakar. Like mm. Although they've kind of taken the, the the idea of the planet from Planet Hulk. Yeah, it's way more dour in that story. Where in this, yeah. they turned it into like it's the 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 architecture of it and the layout of it and the and the costumes of the people that is very Kirby esque. Yeah, like it's, it's this it's, mishmash of of old technology bolted together against new stuff. It's sort of sci fi, yeah. but still has this kind of you know, there's an architecture to it all. It feels like this is sort of... A, I mean, this is coming out in a centenary year, so it feels like this movie is sort of a tribute to Jack Kirby because there is mm. so much of his visual language oh, there's a ton. in it. He's credited as well at the end. It's like, the well, he's, of comics he's a sort by of co-creator, yeah. Stan Lee, Jack Kirby... Uh, Larry Lieber. Uh, Larry Lieber, yeah. Um, which confused me because I was like, hang on, Stan Lee's Stanley Lieber. What's going on here? But yeah, I, was, I, I had a oh, yeah. moment. But yeah, there's um, bits in this movie that look like the Kirby esque Fantastic <clears throat> Four movie that I have in my head that's never going to get made. Yeah. Oh, God, that's um, right down to having a rock monster. Um, so yeah, yeah. the best uh, rock monster in film history. Loki's storyline gets carried on in a nice way. Yep. Um, Heimdall's storyline gets sort of a weird little tangent, and Idris Elba gets like fourth credit. He's really yeah, not that much. No, but he, he has, but strangely has more to do. 
than yeah, either of yeah. his previous appearances. We meet Scourge, so the executioner's in the movie. Carl yeah. Urban rocking a weird pseudo-Australian slash Cockney accent. And also a big bald head. And twin machine guns called Dez and Troy. Which is... <laughs> the, the, the twin machine guns thing is, is from Walt Simonson's yeah. run. <laughs> Were they called Dez and Troy? No, I don't believe so. Because that was... <laughs> no. Uh, Kate Blanchett's Heller is, is having a ball. Like I say, like I'm not sure if the material would stand up as well without her and 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 uh, Watiti's direction, but she's having a ball, and I think you will come away from this going like, yeah, she's the most fun villain from Marvel for ages. Well, I think it's one of those things like it, where where your material falls short is where the actors pick up the slack when they're good, mm. and they are good in this. Yeah, like everyone is brilliant. Cast. Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson is great as Valkyrie. Where's Tessa Thompson from? She's American. I noticed a few accent slips. And I was accent. a little confused. Well, everyone's accents all over the place yeah. in this movie. Like, apart from Kate Blanchett. <laughs> well, but Kate Blanchett. She's sort of posh, and then when she gets nasty, it sort of slips a bit and goes a little dirty. Kate Blanchett's like, always yeah. perfection. Like, she just doesn't know how to not be. Hopkins is back briefly. Uh, in, in, so a couple of, in a couple of interesting scenes, one slightly more exciting than the other. Yeah, Hiddleston. Loki's back and he's full blown Loki. Um, he's, he's he's sort of restricted a bit more compared to Dark World, yeah. which is ironic because in Dark World he's been lost a bit imprisoned. But um, yeah, he's he's got more to do, and it's fun. To, it's always fun to see Loki in these flicks. It's always cool. Well, to it's see nice him. to see the interplay between him and Thor. Yeah. Oh god. And that yeah, relationship absolutely. and how um, that relationship has evolved through Loki's constant fucking betrayals. Well, and how they both play each other. There's yeah. a moment in this which we'll get to in spoilers where like Thor suggests something to Loki, and then Loki does it. Almost to defy him. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And you know, he's only he's doing it for selfish reasons, but he's doing it to prove that he wouldn't do the other thing that Thor assumed he was going to do. Um, God, who else? It's, uh, if you saw Doctor Strange, you know from the mid-credits sequence. That, forgetting uh, one very big green guy. I'm going to get to him. Uh, Stephen Strange pops up in the yeah. movie briefly, and it's yeah. a nice little continuation. I think that's how you do the MCU thing without overdoing it. Like yeah. it didn't, it didn't divert too much from the movie. It was more like a, oh, like how's he involved in this? And he's like, yeah, I've been monitoring your shit. I know how to find. So here's here's your here's your here's your leg up. And it was like, okay, setting up relationships for later. That's nice. It sort of reminded me of um, Stark at the end of Incredible Hulk. It's just yeah, this, yeah. Oh, they're in the same world. Okay. Or Hawkeye and Thor, the first Thor. It's like, oh, they're in the same world. Um, and I think Cumberbatch is obviously having fun. Well, playing. Why would you not? A, 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 a definitely more comedically angled scene where he's the straight man. Mm. But <laughs> that scene's great. We'll get into that in a minute. And of course, Mark Ruffalo, who was in the movie a lot, albeit not necessarily looking like Mark Ruffalo. No. Um, no. this is the most interesting use of the Hulk so far, I think. And yeah. Hulk is brilliant. Because for everybody wanted a Planet Hulk movie, you're not going to get that. No. But you kind of have now. Like, the this, visuals yeah. and a big chunk of that. I mean, I think we talked about this before, but like when he sat, when he's like sat around in his pad and he's got like the, the, the sort of the kilt and the beats. That's Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. I was going to say, that's yeah. a reference to Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. Yeah. Because um, I was like, that looks so familiar. Is he going to tear Thor in half? No. Um, Sadly not. But like, so we've got a Hulk who's been the Hulk roughly for two years. Um, since we last saw him, yeah. Uh, so has developed a vocabulary, and it's sort of like a toddler, like very much like a toddler. Yeah, and, and like sort a of moody toddler gets the basic grasp of what friendship means, and he's always he knows he's always angry, even when he's not raging, he's yeah. always angry, and that manifests as sort of more of strops 
and things like that. His decor in his flat is amazing. <laughs> yeah, he has a, he has a giant Hulk sized bed that's made from the massive a, a massive carved and scribed jawbone of some kind of massive creature. I think it's a whole skull. So cool. And the jawbone is like the headboard. Yeah, because he cracks he racks up and throws it yeah. at one point. It's like, ooh, you're fucking broken it, mate. Um, um, yeah, Hulk's a really nice addition, and it expands the mythos. Uh, if you if you are one of those people who's like, oh, before I go and see it, I want to brush up, but you know, now you've got sixty movies. I would suggest, quite simply, watch Age of Ultron. I think that's the one you really need to maybe yeah. brush up on before it is the one you need to brush up on. Uh, for the sake of Hulk's storyline and Thor's storyline. Um, aside from that, you can pretty much grasp everything as you go along. Yeah. Look out for a couple of really nifty cameos early on. Um, yeah. <laughs> really weird scene. Yeah. And Taika Waititi himself is in the movie too, providing the voice of. Um, Oh, God, he did motion capture for Korg and another yeah. character, and he also yes. voiced Korg. Yes, he did. Uh, He's so... freaking great. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just a case of like, well, if I'm directing this, uh, I'm going to play that role because I've always wanted to wear one of those suits with the ping pong balls on. <laughs> um, it's great, really enjoyable. Spoiler free conclusion for Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, it's Thor Ragnarok. It's it's. Um, it might Best be movie. it might be the most fun you have at the cinema this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, a party. It's a party in your is, face, and everyone's is, invited. It is like there was like absolute guffaws in the cinema mm. at various points. Like this movie is. Ours was, ours was a laughs. quieter screening, and there were several bits where myself and some the other people scattered around, would just sort of went <laughs> like out loud at certain things. Yeah. Um. So even on a quiet screening, people like, this is very much an action comedy. Yeah, it'll be sci-fi this, this and more so this than Guardians, but this is kind of proving what happens when you give directors who work with comedy a lot um, the chance to make an action sci-fi. Uh, it, ju- it just feels like they've get, they've loosened the reins yeah. on Tiger with TT for this, yeah, um, in a way that they probably have learnt from their experience with Joss Whedon on Age of Ultron. And mm. Edgar Wright on the aborted Ant Man, which obviously yeah. then went to uh, Peyton Reed. It seems like they've sort of stepped back a little bit. Yeah, like let's see what I, I've got a feeling they might be doing that with Kubler for Black Panther. Because also, with with without wanting to spoil anything, there isn't really much seeding in this. No, for Infinity there's, War, there's two post credit scenes. One that I think is directly leading into Infinity War. Yeah. Um, and one that is much the nice little PS for this film. Yeah, and um, but and. <clears throat> but then, but it's not like yeah. done in a way where it's like, ah, yeah. In the movie, yeah. next year, I think, I think that post-credit teaser is being saved for Black Panther. Yeah. The, the the direct sort of setup is being saved for Black Panther. It, it it uses continuity to enrich its story rather than continuity bogging the story down like it did with Iron Man Two. Yeah, or Age of Ultron. Yeah, and uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, I give it. If we're doing like an out of five. Probably give it a th- like a three, a really a three, maybe a four. I'm sort of in between them. Like oh. I really, I really enjoyed it. Like really enjoyed it. Um, but I can see people who might be a little tired of of this whole thing, not wanting to dive in. See, I think it's so I think it's kind of refreshing. You know, I I I I, 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 I agree. I give, it a, I give it a high four. And I know you really dug it because you texted me last night. You just went. Thor, Ragnarok, and fucking roll. I just got all this stream of text, all in caps. My, my, this is this is my <laughs> this is my text to you from last night when, we, when I immediately came out of the movie. I said, 
I said, Thor, Ragnarok, and fucking roll. <laughs> bonkers. Bonkers. Completely bonkers. All I in caps, by the way. I want safe passage through the anus. <laughs> Actual line of dialogue. Best movie ever. <laughs> I, sp- I sent those messages over the, sp- over the space of two minutes. That's seven messages. It's true. It's true. My phone just buzzed continuously for an extended period of time. I really, really dug Thor Ragnarok. It feels like a movie that was made for me. And it dug you right into you. Shall we we spoil it? Let's dig in. So if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, stop listening now. Unless you have or you don't care. It's out now in the UK. Mm. It's out on November 3rd in the States. We're doing this early because we can. So suck it up. Also, it means we can talk about Stranger Things all next week. Um, so go freedom. Um, yeah. How? What awesome stuff happens in this movie that we want to talk? Let's about? let's start the start light. Let's talk cameos. Cameo. Oh uh, so uh, Doctor Strange cameo obviously is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's it's, funny. It's an that extended is a, cameo. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's, it's it's a scene, but the way that happens is amazing. Like. Like, they're there going to find Odin. They've got the care home that Loki apparently left him in. Because they, they imply... they imply Because they... And I think scenes were shot for that. Because there's, there's footage somewhere of, of Hopkins on, on the streets of New York in a slightly more, like, sort of hobo-y kind of it, get-up. I think, from the trailer, it seems like some of the stuff with Odin and the arrival of Hela might have been in New York at one point. Hmm. And it might, it might have changed that in post-production. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... I feel like there's some green screening artifacting in that yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure what the deal is with that. But I really, I really, really, really like the way that it starts. So you just see the you just see the, the ring appear. Like the sort of the uh, ring. Yeah. Sitarak appear around um Loki. Yeah, it's not Sitarak, is it? No, it's just it's just the it's just like the, the it's sling, a sling ring. ring, yeah. The sling ring ring. Sitarak's the gem that Juggernaut has, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Although it gets mentioned, it's in some of the spells. Sisterak is a deity. Yeah, in the Marvel universe, you see, yeah. you see that cheeky little like cartwheel, like you know, thingy yeah. wheel appear around, uh, appear around Loki's feet, and he just plummets. And then Thor gets uh, like the calling card left there, basically like, "Come talk to me." Yeah, goes to goes to the Sanctum Santorum, Sanctum Sanctorum, and he has a chat with him. And it's the you see, we saw part of that scene in the Doctor yeah. Strange post credits with the bit, with the ever filling beer glass. Ever but it's the fact that they keep shunting around, and every time Strange yeah. is just fine with it. And Thor's like, Ugh. "Well, it's slightly like, offset." It seems like like <laughs> Doctor Strange has definitely been practicing his magic in mm. between movies. Like he's. Cl- He's very in control here. Yeah, and he's got his like, yellow gloves. And he's got his yellow gloves. So that's, that's big cool. old yellow gloves. Um, uh, and then Loki <laughs> releases Loki, <laughs> who drops out. <laughs> I just, I've been falling for thirty minutes, <laughs> just continuous falling for thirty minutes in a, in a portal somewhere. <laughs> and I like the fact that it's almost like a oh. Like Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Hiddleston are sort of contemporaries, and they're known as being pals and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, oh, a scene with these two, and it starts with Loki just immediately being like, "You have wizards now. Like I'm <laughs> gonna kill you, wizard." <laughs> and the thing just goes, "Bye," <laughs> and just like sling rings them the fuck out of there <laughs> immediately. Like it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's it. For, that's it for a scene between two of uh, England's sort of current contemporary uh, actors with a Neffield. Well, also, Thor when they're ready for the season, it's like, oh, you, you guys have wizards now. <laughs> you have wizards All in right. Midgard. Okay. Fine, but but uh, it's nice to know that Doctor Strange is like I've been keeping you know track of this that and the other on Earth, and like, obviously as Guardian activity. Yeah, you brought your brother here. 
I was immediately alerted to that. Like, why the fuck is he here? The guy who the last time he was on Earth freaking brought an army of aliens. Which they also pick up on later on, like, at at the end. Yeah, he's like, you should go back to Earth is a good idea. (laughs) It's like, yes, of course. Like, they love me there. I'll be specific. Do you think bringing me to Earth is a good idea? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you see, Loki does seem somewhat repentant for his... For his sins. Yeah, a little bit. A little I think bit. he's sort of in between still. Yeah. Um, he's in the but... midst of a redemption arc, I feel. Or at least he's definitely trying to convince people he is. Because well... when Thor first goes back to Asgard, <sighs> we witness Odin, aka Loki, aka Anthony Hopkins, probably the scene that convinced him to definitely come back to film some stuff. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins like, We've got a scene where you play Loki pretending to be Odin. Uh, he's just like, just father, around. father. Oh, shit. <laughs> my son but yeah just lying around being fed grapes by beautiful women watching a play called was it the tragedy of Loki of Asgard yeah. which is basically the story of Loki sacrificing himself and you've got four actors in the background dressed as the Warriors 3 and Sif like mourning and Thor cradling Loki yeah it's a recreation of like his death scene from, from Dark, Dark World, World. And, then, and then Odin comes in and says like a final piece about it and there's a little blue Asgardian boy like painted blue to look like Loki's a baby but the best part is now I didn't realise who Thor was no but Thor was played by Thor, Thor the, so the, the actor <laughs> playing Thor in the play is Luke Hemsworth yeah so a Hemsworth brother yeah the, um, the... actor playing Loki is a heavily made up Matt Damon. But he's not that made up, he's got a black wig. He looks very oh, different. He's like, like hailed up as well. Oh, yeah, he's sort of pale, like, yeah. I, like, Lucy went, Is that Matt Damon? I went, yes, it's Matt is Damon. Is it? It's Matt Damon. And then Damon. when he saw the sap of it, I was like, Oh, yeah, it is. But best of all, freaking Sam Neill as Odin. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, What is this? What is going on? Like, and that's got, basically an Asgardian version of Murmurs. Yeah. Like, they're, they're just there, just doing yeah. little plays. Like, this is so weird. And I like I like how Thor calls him out. Like he's just chatting with him, chatting with him, and it's it's so apparent to him within moments yeah. that Loki because the idea is between like, Age of Ultron and now, Thor's been travelling the nine realms trying to figure out what the vision from Age of Ultron meant. Yeah. Um <clears throat> it's possible that he spoke to Heimdall in the interim because yeah. Heimdall has already been kind of like, it seems, it seems like Loki's yeah. exiled him. Or he's self-exiled himself. Self-imposed exile. It's like, yeah. Because he's preparing for Ragnarok. It seems like Loki tried to do him in. <clears throat> yeah. So he's like, disappeared. So he, so and that's why Surge is now sort of the Asgardian. Scourge. Scourge not Surge. He's Scourge. got suffering. Surge. Uh, Scourge uh, is now the Asgardian in charge of, of the Bifrost. Um, yeah, because at the beginning when Thor's like, you know, Heimdall, Heimdall called it, and no one's doing it, because obviously Heimdall would hear him. Yeah. Um, so it's like, fair enough. Um, but yes, oh god. I love the way he does it. Like, he just throws Mjolnir, like, he chucks it, like, a mile away. Yeah. And then holds Odin to his chest. Holds. No, no, no. no, 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 no. And, and then he grabs the back of his head and holds his head outwards. He's like, you know, Mjolnir will return to my hand. Nothing in its way will stop it. And then, in the last second, Odin ducks aside, turns back into Loki, and he's like, right, fucking got you. <laughs> gotcha, <laughs> motherfucker. Where's father? Um. What happened to Odin sounds pretty horrible. It smells basically like some whammy was put on him and he just forgot who he was and was put in an old folks home. Yeah. And has got to the point where he's ended up in Norway, obviously sowing the seeds of, yeah, here's where they're all tied to. This is naturally he would sort of as Guardian would gravitate toward the place where they were most worshipped in the, the you know, centuries gone by. Yeah. Um but it seems like Odin knew he's gonna die. Like he feels it. Well I, I, you again... know he's a, he knows he's about to pass and with his passing 
becomes back one of his biggest regrets. Well, I get the implication that he's choosing to pass because. Well, I think he, I think he's figured out well, he mentioned... that Ragnarok is going to be brought by his daughter. Well, he mentions that his wife's calling to him. So I think he's probably just got to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm just going to let yeah. it go. Yeah, of course, because he's like, like release, the, release the spell you've got on him. Yeah, he's like, yeah. no, it took me a while to break free, but, you know, I, I, I've accepted it. So you're like, oh, yeah, good point. It's just like, his, his wife's calling to him from another side, like from Valhalla, probably. Yeah. So like, come join me. But I think he's aware that his passing releases Hela from wherever she oh, is. Oh, yeah, no, because he warns the bot, yeah. So he basically is like, it, like, the end of days is going to happen. Yeah. It's gonna have, Ragnarok is going to befall Asgard, and Thor's been traveling in the Nine Realms, finding out from different people in the Nine Realms, many of whom have a grudge against Odin and Asgard, that they want to bring about the end of days, yeah. specifically Surtur. Well, yeah, he start, the movie starts with him taking Surtur down. Yeah, with a <laughs> glorious sequence. Yeah, lovely uh, Clancy Brown voice performance. Some yeah. very in a se- excellent in a se- yeah in a sequence that I'd like to refer to as Mjolnir porn yeah because it's just this is what the hammer can do this, and is, this how, is how good it is this is how awesome Thor is the with his hammer dragon leaps at him and he just drops Mjolnir into its mouth so it's just pins to the, the floor and he's just like stay there <laughs> and he's calling to Heimdall um, so like, yes Odin vanishes and you find out that he had he had another child his firstborn was Hela which is new. That's not a. That's not a comic. That's thing. new in the comics, isn't she Loki's daughter? No, in, in the in the in the comics, like Hela's just her own thing. She's just like the guardian of the north. Who's Loki's the, daughter? Guardian underworld. I don't think Loki had a daughter. I'm sure they're related somehow in the comics. I don't like, believe like, so. Because in this, they're they're they are adoptive adopted siblings. In the you know he's an adopted child of Odin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, she's the direct sister of Thor. But they don't even do anything with that about like you know him going like oh no we must reconcile he's like no she's going to tear she's, everything to pieces she's kind of taken they've kind of taken that element of her backstory from Angela yeah yeah well I noticed as well like her teaming up with with um, Scourge as well is sort of like the execution is usually partnered with the Enchantress yeah. so they kind of have, they've, they've it's the Iron Man thing of like they're they're sort of chopping and changing villain traits yeah. Because the executioner, I don't remember being a remotely sympathetic character in no, the isn't. stories I've read with him. But in this, he's very much—he doesn't really do much. No, he's he's conflicted because, like, he's, he's he always wanted to be something. He's a bit of a butt monkey. Yeah, and, and with Loki and, and well, with Odin suddenly being a bit more flippant and and, yeah. and going after Heimdall, he's like, right, I'll do that. I'll step up and I'll take little joyrides to Midgard and take things like a moped and, and two machine guns. And, do all this sort of Des stuff. and Troy. Um, like they, 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 you know, they they make him more of a light-hearted character. And then he's... I was sort of a bit miffed. I was like, it would be cool if he sort of did step up to the plate and take on one of them at some point. Mm. But I think the way his story ends is quite nice. Like yeah. In the end, he does do something worthwhile. Like that, and, and people see him doing it. So he sort of... He dies... Spoilers. He dies knowing that, like, he's he's left a mark. He's done yeah. something significant. Uh, but I think had he had he been like all oh, and like raged out, it might have been too close to curse from Dark yeah. World, um, which was you know like his Malekith and curse is his bitch. Um, so yeah, I like how Hella just sort of like instantly took a shine to him. She obviously was like, "You seem like a bit of a toady, but it might be fun to let you kill people for me." Okay, come on. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was Odin's executioner. You could be mine. Well, I mean that the the whole. <laughs> I think basically they put the executioner in it so they could do um, the 
scene from Walt Simonson's run on Thor. Yes! Um, oh, shit! I mean, they even do that in the end credits as well. Like, that's the sort of the painting of him when Carl Urban's name comes up in the end credits. There's a painting of that with him about to swing yep. the machine guns into, into so the So, that's basically what they did. We got another disposable army, but it was kind of a, a little bit more tragic this time around in that they were deceased as guardians who died in noble battle back in the darker ages. Well, yeah, the whole history. thing is, is that when, when she was, before she was imprisoned, Halo was basically the jet, the leader of, of Odin's armies and they it's conquered about when, it's the about when Odin realms. was a conqueror rather, yeah. than a, rather than a noble wise leader. And then o- Odin decided at some point was like, oh I can't do this anymore, I've got to do things peacefully. Mm-hmm. And Hela tried to seize the throne because she was... Yeah, she said like she yeah. feared him because my ambition grew larger than his. Yeah. Um, and and he covered her up so much that Asgard is barely aware of her. They forgot about her completely. Yeah, yeah. buried um, everything. Certain Asgardians would never have heard. Yeah, and the engravings and paintings. Yeah, and like just straight up everything. Straight up papers. I love yeah. that. It's just Asgardians wallpaper in it. There's some like papering. <laughs> um, but like that's you know that's it's it's a cool idea. It's the idea she's like, I'm not I'm not here on some kind of hell bent revenge so much as I'm. Just pissed off that you did what you did. Yeah, and I've come back to do what I was doing. Like I'm going to take it a step further because it's not getting revenge on Odin because Odin's gone. She knows Odin's dead, and that's why she's back. Yeah, like it's like I'm a, I'm able to be here now. She's conquering. Yeah, um, she's a conqueror. I thought you'd be pleased to see me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Blanchett's freaking scary and can't smoke it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. Um, yeah. Oh, I. The one sour note, and I've already talked to you about this, that I have for this movie, is how quickly and wordlessly they dispatch two characters from the previous movies. So, when she first rocks up in Asgard, I love how they do that. Like, she's she's in Nor- like, uh, Norway and she goes to attack Thor and Loki. Thor's going to fight her and Loki calls for, her, you know, calls for the Bifrost. They yeah. open the Bifrost and Thor's like, no! And you know, oh yeah, she was, she wanted this. Because she couldn't yeah. have got there otherwise. She hitches a ride on the Rainbow Bridge of Asgard and smashes them both out of the time stream. Yeah. As they're travelling. And, uh, and she ends up there. And you see Volstag's, like, dealing the door. Like, the, the sword, the key. And you're like, yay, Volstag! And she stabs him immediately. Yeah. And then, uh, Fandol? Fandral? Fandral steps up, Zachary Levi, in his little beard again, little Robin Hood beard, stabs him. They both start to get up, and she shoots multiple knives into them, and then they are dead. And it's like, oh. Now, I get, you You, you point out to me, so that obviously it's there to show that, like, she fucking means business. Yeah, but, I, I, but I think from a storytelling standpoint, you, you need to do that. You need to have had a scene with them in this movie, I See, think. I don't know. Just, that... just one scene early before, the, I think you could do that, but you just needed, like, just one moment earlier on do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just to reconnect with it. Even them watching the play, even, and be like, that's not how it happened. Just like something where you're like, oh, it's those guys! Yeah! That's... That being said, it, though, it was like, almost too quick to register. There definitely have been... Loki as Odin would have been keeping them at arm's length anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think for those deaths, to show that no fucks are given, I think you needed to show that these guys... Oh, look, it's our main cast from the last two movies. Yeah, They're not, though. We're... They're not main well, they cast. Were, They're they were characters. in one. In one, the Warriors Three and Lady Sif were a big part of it. Yeah, because they're they the ones who find in... Thor and bring him home. And then they weren't really in two. Like Hogan, they were in the first. Hogan, Hogan, Hogan's written out. Fucks off straight at the start. But then Hogan which is gets, why his he gets due more in this to do one. here. Yeah, I don't, I just, I don't know. I kind of just feel like you needed that extra moment so that when they died, it was more. <gasps> oh shit! Instead, I was like, oh, oh, all right. Oh, I like those guys. That's oh, 
There's no Sif, but you, you said that that's due to Sif's... Yeah. Uh, Sif, to Jamie, Jamie Alexander's Alexander's all, all uh, caught up in uh, blind spot. It'd have been nice if there'd just been a throwaway reference, because I guess the way you've done it now is she just can't be in it anymore. Because where would she be? Do yeah. You know I mean? They don't even reference her, I don't think. No. Well, she's, she's in the play. Yeah. There's one of them yeah, in the yeah. back, dressed as Sif. That's it. But then no one asks no about Sif. No one mentions the Warriors 3. No one says, like, how are you, brother? Or anything like that. There's none of that. Heimdall doesn't even really reference at any point anything that he's done in the last couple of movies, may aside well have, from being the Keeper of the Bifrost. There may well have been a scene with the Warriors 3 at the, at the earliest, earlier on the movie. Give me a one-shot. That movie. Stick a one-shot on the, on the Blu-ray. This movie moves <laughs> so fast before it gets to Scarbo. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. you mean... You're in Muspelheim, then you're in Asgard, then you're on Earth again, then you're in Norway, then you're then you're in the Bifrost, and then yeah. Hell's on Asgard, and they're on Scar. Scar, yeah. Boom. Um, before we forget, one of the cameo. Oh no, two cameos. <laughs> one. Ca- well, no. Ah, three cameos what? after this point. Yeah. Stand the man, of course. Please, kind sir, don't cut my hair. That's fucking hilarious. And I love the fact that that was one of the ones that they recorded in bulk that yeah, James Gunn yeah. that James Gunn directed. Because uh, he directed... I think it was James Gunn? No, it was either James Gunn or Scott Derrickson. Probably James Gunn. I think it was James Gunn, yeah. Because the first one of them from yeah. this batch they shot was the Doctor Strange on the bus. Oh, this is hilarious. Man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, they shot that. The Homecoming one. The Guardians 2 one. And this one. And whatever the next one. It might be Black Panther, I'm, I'm assuming. It will be Black Panther. Um, and I think that's when they... Uh, they got some extra photos of him as the police police chief as well to sprinkle throughout the, the Netflix, Netflix shows. Um, so yeah, but this is the most elaborate stand cameo as far as like his costume goes. <laughs> and I love the way he references it. Later, he's like, "What happened to your hair?" Oh, some creepy old man cut it off. <laughs> it's the second time a character slagged him off. It's like creepy perv, whatever it was in Guardians. <laughs> oh my god. But he looks hilarious, just like smiling away as this giant razor blade covered gauntlet thing on his hands selecting something to cut Thor's hair with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god. Um, so Stan's cameo, obviously. Um, Black Widow's cameo is lovely. Yeah. It's so well done. And it's why I think Age of Ultron's the required reading for this movie. Yeah. Because it's, fu- it's the video call she's trying to make to Banner as the Quinjet's flying off at the end of Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like, it's obviously saved. And that being seen, because because the Black Widow ties into the story earlier on when in the arena Thor tries the whole thing again, yeah. and it sort of works for a moment because yeah. it'll be the first time he's heard it in two years. So he sort of starts to go along with it, like he isn't he isn't like going all docile, but he he stops for a second and he reaches his hand out and Thor lets Thor touch his hand, and then he just grabs Thor's hand and fucking throws, bashes him around, yeah. looking at someone goes yes. That's how that That's feels. How that feels. <laughs> it's like I love when Hulk first burst out, and you got Thor's reaction of yes, and Loki and, the shits himself. and then you see Loki just shit himself and start to leave. <laughs> it's like yes, uh, um, that's great. Uh, but but yeah, the, the Black Widow cameo worked really nicely, and again, I, I imagine based on the angle for it, they probably shot that specially. Um, because yeah. it didn't look exactly the same as what was obviously filmed in Age of Ultron. But yeah. it's nice that they did that. I think that was cool. And the idea that the thing that woke. Bruce up from like basically being stuck as the Hulk was seeing Natasha. That's one of the first things he asks as well. Yeah. When he raises when when he, he, he how's Nat. Yes, he says how's Nat and then he says like oh, he says how's Nat and then does he, he asks what? Uh, yeah, yeah. When Thor's like she's not here. Why well, yeah. to Sokovia? 
So his dad's like, Thor, it's good to see you. So like, what happened to your hair? I could be old man cut it, or whatever it is. He's like, looks good on you. He's like, is Tony here? <laughs> and you're just like, um. <laughs> but then the third cameo of note is one of the buildings that makes several appearances. Oh, there's several cameos in that. Well, well ah, not that building. Now you've mentioned it. Uh, there's, there's an addendum. Okay. Um, one of the buildings that makes constant appearance is the Collector's Mansion, which is the building that can be found in Disneyland in California. Oh. California Adventure. Wait, the Collector's Mansion? The, the, Coll- the Collector's Mansion. It's, it's oh, what's his name? Tavarian. Yeah. It's the, coll- it's the Collector's uh, publicly accessible um archive okay it's um it tovan is it's the tovan collection um it's 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 in disneyland if you want to visit it yourself here on midgard you can visit it at disneyland's <laughs> california adventure park in in anaheim that's actually hilarious it's the home of the ride guardians of the galaxy mission breakout um which includes in the foyer a giant portrait of Tovan and the Grandmaster playing chess and the Grandmaster losing badly. Um, that building makes several cameos in the sky, like the skyline of um, Sakaar, which I thought was a really nice touch. It's like, oh my god, that's genius. The same building that's in that Disney nice. park is there. Nice. Basically saying, like, because they mentioned in that ride, they sort of throw a mention of, like, there are several ways to access his collection throughout the cosmos, and this is the uh, the uh, Terran uh, access point, or the Terra access point. So it's like, oh, well, there's the one on Sakaar. Yeah. So if you walk into that building, you're in that exhibit. Nice. Filled with stuff, including, like, Asgardian weapons, the, the, the Warriors 3's weapons are on the... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll really quick detour. The queue area for that ride's full of Easter eggs. Okay. Like, I'm never going to see this unless I suddenly become a millionaire and we all go to California. But um, it, it replaced the Tower of Terror in California because they can't do Marvel rides in the Florida parks because Universal has the Florida rights to do Marvel yeah, superhero yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, and the Tower of Terror is amazing, but the best ones in Florida, so they turned the one in California. And also, how they into the top the Tim collection. <laughs> Any questions? Yes, several. <laughs> um, but there's like there's loads of Easter eggs in there. There's um. Stanley, there's a video of some of the internal collections. Stanley's in one of the things asking who validates parking. Um, there's like uh, Hollywood, a Hollywood Tower Hotel, so Tower of Terror artifacts hidden in there. There's an Ultron Sentry that occasionally, in its case, sort of sparks to life and oh, loses nice. its head and then dies again. Like it's like the upper half of one. Uh, there is Beta Ray Bill's um, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker yeah. is in a case. Uh, there's a bunch of. Um, Stuff from like the the uh, the ancient one and like all the, all the Sorcerer Supreme kind of like artifacts or there's like a sling ring things like that. Nice, nice. Figment, the dragon mascot from a bunch of old Epcot rides, is locked in one of the boxes hanging above. Fantastic. Uh, the Yeti from the original Yeti from the Matterhorn ride is in one of the part of the collection of the thing. Fantastic. So it's this weird mix of Disney and Marvel stuff locked in cases. You got Disney in my Marvel. It's yeah. There's like a dark elf uh, mask and stuff yeah. mounted on the wall. It's like this is really. Some of them are the artifacts you see in the film, like the uh, the what was suspected to be the Adam Warlock cocoon from the first movie, is in a case nice. in, in the in the lobby and stuff like that. And they keep changing it all the time. They go in and they change stuff. There's like things from Agents of Shield in there, and cool. so they've said always look out because you never quite know what's going to make. You it. never know. But it's nice that 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 attraction is in one of the movies. That nice. is such a cool thing. But like you said, there's another skyscraper covered in carved like faces of, I'm assuming, 
previous champions, maybe. Yes, in the contest of champions. Contest which of champions. Nice yes, out. which is nice. The Grandmaster. That was the first sort of Marvel Comics crossover. Mm. Predates uh, Secret Wars by yeah. a couple of years. Um, well, there was two contest champions, weren't there? They did a second one. They didn't did, did do a second one. Because I read um, the second one. Yeah. Because it was like Thor versus Storm. Yeah, it was all like weird. No, original Constitution was like a three issue miniseries. It was yeah. basically like Grandmaster got a team of heroes and then someone else got a team of heroes and they were pitted against each other to get these MacGuffins. Is there another series in the 90s where they're all teamed up to fight each other? There is another Constitution Champions, yeah. It might be Constitution Champions. Sure, I'm sure it's called Constitution Champions too. I'm sure that's what I I've don't read. know anything about Storm Const- fights Thor yeah. and it's such an even match and then he goes up to her. And he basically, like, mid-fight talks about how freaking amazing she is. And they sort of flirt briefly. And then he just grabs her and snogs her. Sucks all of the thunder out of her. And then she falls unconscious. And that, he yeah, wins the that, fight. That, that, like, Spoiler I mean, alert! He's not acting himself. Everybody's being affected by these microbes that are making them all think. Yeah, because I think yeah. they all think it's similar to what's happened before. But it's actually a, prop, a plot by the brood. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That's weird. I, now, that was weird. I thought... I thought because there's no way Fox are ever going to use the Brood. I thought they'd find a way to sneak a Brood cameo into this, yeah, considering there's a Brood in Planet of, Hulk. Hulk's I, I didn't think they'd go that far, but at least maybe like a skull or, or like you know, put pictures of them or something. We do the get a couple of the Warbound here, but we only get a couple. We get Korg and Meek, and that's it. Um, <laughs> Poor Meek. And Meek doesn't really say anything. He doesn't, he doesn't speak like he does in the in Planet Hulk. Korg doesn't speak like he does in Planet no. Hulk. But again, the, um, the, the it's building... The, it's the Iron Man thing of we're taking elements yeah. to, to create a tapestry that works perfectly for our story and fans will go, oh, it's that! Oh, it's the, that! The, oh, it's the, that. the building we're talking about with these heads of champions yeah. has the heads of Beta Ray Bill. Yes! And Ares, oh, that made me happy! And Ares, the Marvel Ares, yes. not the Roman Ares. Which is how you get away with acknowledging him. Considering they're probably never going to be able to use it properly. And also Bybeast. Yeah. Two freaking heads. No, correct me if I'm wrong. There's someone else, I think. I'm going to look Correct me if I'm wrong. There is one with, like, a sort of little antler in front of his head. Hmm. For a second, I know it isn't because it's a different design, but I was like, is that Black Bolt? I was like, no, it's not Black Bolt. Can't no. be Black Bolt. Black Bolt's got more, because we've now seen what Black Bolt looked like in Inhumans. His design is still more of, like, the little fork, almost. Yeah. Little and also, why the hell would... Black Bolt beyond the. <clears throat> I know they. I know they keep trying to make Inhumans a thing. Uh, Inhumans a thing, but it's never going to be a thing. <laughs> like people are rejecting it. <laughs> they are rejecting it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm looking. Go at, away, Inhumans. But that was a, that, shites. That was a. Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty good. Um, pretty, pretty good little set of cameos. Pretty, pretty good. Um, in there. Uh, I'm trying to see who else was on the building. It was uh, Bay Ray Bill was the most like. As soon as I saw, I was like, Bay Ray Bill. Yeah, <laughs> like that. You were. Um, I wasn't in the cinema, but I could hear you from here. Yeah, you could hear you could hear in my face because Bay Ray Bill's great. Um, can I buy you an action figure? Of Bay Ray yeah, Bill? yeah, I've, I've still got him. I've not got my Marvel Legends at my flat at the moment. They're still my parents, but um. Because when I found that, I was like, oh my god, this is fucking perfect. I'm getting him this. And then for ages afterwards, I was like, what if the jaw moves? And I never asked you. Does the, is the jaw... Yes, it does. Yay! Because yes. they did that with a few of them around that time. Like, Beast has got, like, a movable jaw and stuff, and I wondered if they'd done it to Bayerie Bill as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I can't, I can't find... The dream is to just see him one day. 
Just to be in there somewhere. You could sneak him into, like, Guardians 3, surely. Well, I think it was a nice little shout-out because, like... Xandar gets a mention as well. Xandar gets so. a mention. Um, apparently, Takawititi wanted to bring John C. Rally back for this, but couldn't oh, work as out. Oh, no- as his Nova. As uh, yeah. Roman Day, but couldn't work out to fit in. Pretty fair enough, I understand um, that. Which, you know, is, is fair enough, because, yeah. Yeah, it, w- it would be difficult. Where are you going to put him? Let's talk about the other spaceship driving um, <laughs> once guardian of the peace and, and defender of the throne and now just a, a drunken <laughs> like kidnapper. Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. She was great. She's so good. She's so, and I love the idea that it's basically she's 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 making her own Valhalla, essentially. Yeah. Like she's fighting, she's discussing war and all that stuff, and just getting sloshed. Yeah. Because as far as she's concerned. She's got no honor. She's the only Valkyrie to survive an attack. An attack on Hela in like Hela's presumably final days of, of before she was in prison. She was the only survivor, and only because one of her friends took yeah took the, took, took, the, the, uh, the took, the, took the blade for her, um, and she was left for dead. So she doesn't. She feels like she's she doesn't earn an honorable death, and she's ashamed. So she fucked off, found Sakar, and decided right here I can fight. I can watch fighting, I can still be, you know, I can still experience combat. Yeah. And I can just drink my fucking cares away. Because again, like, that's the whole thing. They they don't do a thing of her being like, I know what I'm doing. It's, yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing anymore with herself. Like, she's become a scumbag because it's how she gets by. I mean, her introduction, she just stumbles out the spaceship, walks down the ramp after this really cool intro, just sort of stumbles and falls off it. And lands on, like, a big sort of spider-headed dead thing. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> leans on it and sticks in it. You sort of see the dust and the dried blood. So yeah. So I guess she's like, Ugh. man thing. That's who the other face was on the tower. Man thing on there. Man thing. Beta Ray Bill. Man thing. By Beast and Ares. But wait, hang on, 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 hang on. He who knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. Yeah. How the fuck did it get out to Sakar? Nexus of all realities. Fair enough. Uh... <laughs> Next question. <laughs> next next <laughs> okay that's a cool little that's a fucking cool again I guess it's because they were like we need a bunch of faces that aren't humanoid go yeah. what have you got uh, seen all the Hulk pinatas and things like that was really weird and interesting I love the fact that he gets hit by that like green he, paint thing it was like, it was people... like, a, it was like bloody um, shit what was the thing I did in India earlier this year it was, it was the the Oh god, the celebration of I'm, I'm gonna have to double check the name because I don't wanna get it wrong. It's like a celebration yeah. of just like life and happiness and everything, and people celebrate by like hitting yeah. each other with powdered paint. People fucking love Hulk on Sakaar. <laughs> they like, bloody no, do. No right? wonder he didn't want to change back. They loved him there. Oh my god, was and he holy up to the crowd? Holy, like they celebrate holy. Oh okay. And there was like some kind of weird nod to that in this with them knocking green paints in each other's faces. I just love the fact that Banner like steps out, hit by green paint in the face. It was like. <laughs> That's what it would look like if we were still Lou Ferrigno in oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> like Mark Ruffalo with green paint on his face. Ruffalo Buffalo. Ruffalo, fucking um, Ruffalo Buffalo. I'm, it made me really sad at the end. Because he obviously realises that the Hulk can save lives by stepping in. Yeah. But he does it knowing that he might not ever come back. Because the way he describes it is terrifying. Yeah. He says, like, I always feel like we both had hands on the wheel. But this time was different. This time he had the keys to the car and I was locked in the trunk. Just like, oh, okay. Like, and he has no memory. It was always erratic. 
But now... Now, he, he obviously knows that he was Hulk. Yeah. But... And he knows that Hulk was in control, but he had and no he's probably sense of see, how long it was. He's and... probably going to see himself in the mirror at some point and be like, I've got more grey hairs than I did last time I looked in the mirror. Yeah. The fuck is going on? Yeah. Because, um, again, they're keeping the continuity of the Marvel films roughly being released, for the most part, uh, the same with the same progression of time between them. Yeah, Hulk's um, been gone for two years. <clears throat> he's been gone for two years now. There's been... Yeah, Age of Ultron was 2015. Yeah. Yeah, so two years between them. Thor's been travelling through the Nine Realms for two years, like disrupting plots and trying to find out what the prophecy was about and finally with Surtur does he sort of discover something where he goes yeah this is this must be it hmm. like he's planning Ragnarok it has to be this um <clears throat> I wonder how long you've been in that cage talking to a skeleton um that was brilliant that was a brilliant opening everything's like, just so offbeat a weird gag like, got rid of a continuity uh query when Hela walks into Odin's trophy room sees the infinity gauntlet from the first Thor movie and goes Fake shoves it, it to the floor. You're like, okay. Casket of Ancient Winters is weak. Yeah, like doesn't give a fuck about the Casket of Ancient The, 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 the device that causes all the fucking chaos in the first movie. Yeah. She, yeah, she's not, the Tesseract, she's sort of like, eh. Then Loki looks at the Tesseract later when he goes down there to get Surtur's thingy yeah. and they hold on it for a second. He's like... Ooh. And then the next shot they cut to him grabbing Surtur's crown. Do you think he takes the Tesseract? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Are you kidding me? Asgard dies. That's not left behind. Can't be. Thanos needs it. Well, unless Thanos picks through the wreckage of Asgard to get I it. I don't know. It was kind of definitive. Yeah, <laughs> no, but the Tesseract... I, be... I think Loki took it. I think, I the think Tesseract that... will presumably I be think Loki. I think Loki's part in Infinity War is very much going to be, you, thank you, welcome back. You have my gem. Can I have it now? Good. Right. As a reward for your allegiance, so I'm going to make sure that you're on my side. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. Thanos is going to give Loki a place. Oculus. I think no. I think Loki's going to do siege. I think Loki's going to die in the events of Infinity War, actually redeeming himself properly. Yeah. So they can do teenager Loki, Loki agent of Asgard style. Never do that. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy teenage Loki, but never do that. They're going to do it. Though. I don't know. I think I think Loki is one of the elements that you do have to tie up to do tie up think... this phase of the films. I think. I was thinking about this, and I'm thinking... Because otherwise you're just going to keep telling the same story, which Thor talks about, like, I know exactly how this works. You betray me, we forgive you, we join forces, everything's going fine, then you betray me again, like... I'm because thinking... he even says... They sow the seeds! He says, like, that's the thing about people. People grow. And you you don't grow. Like, you're never yeah. going to grow. And, and, then, and then Loki comes back to help save the day, not because he thinks it's the right thing to do. He does it to prove his brother wrong. Because he even turns it into yeah. an excuse to be smug. He's like, your saviour is here! And all this. Like, he's just lording he it up. He loves that shit. He's just lording it I mean, he shows up with his helmet. It's like, look at me, motherfuckers. And he's just doing it to be, you know, like, see? Ha, there you go, brother. See, I did the right thing in the end. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just him being a smug fucker and going, see? You're wrong about me. I did it right. You know he'll team up with Thanos as soon as the opportunity's yeah. given. But I think then he'll he'll come back around. I think we're going to see Loki two more times. We're going to see him in Infinity War in the second half of that film. Yeah. Part one will be a villain because it's like the the start of the Avengers finale as we know it. So you bring back their best villain mm-hmm. as part of the, and it will go, it ties into that theory that we really want to be true where we're going to be seeing some like Thanos's muscle is going to be tied into the villains that perished at the hands of the artifacts and stuff. Because, like, Malekith died in, yeah. in the ether, and the Red Skull disappeared into the Tesseract. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's ways to do it. Like, um, uh, Ronan 
was eviscerated by the uh, by the what's it? Destroyed by the power gem. Destroyed by the power gem. So, um, Thanos can bend reality and shit. Like, what's what's to say he can't just go right? Bring those guys back out. Like Dormammu was sealed in a trap by uh, the time gem. Yeah. So, do we see? I've been thinking about legacy for the Marvel universe mm-hmm. because it's clear that they're introducing the next set of Avengers. Yeah, or if not Avengers, definitely that these are the guys whose films are going to interlink and intertwine as we go forward. Do They'll we... call it Avengers because it'll be marketed, won't it? Do but... we think that... Tessa... Oh, not the Revengers. Do... <laughs> that was pretty good. Do we think that Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie is going to be the replacement Thor for the team going forward? I'll tell you why I think that that's a big old yes. Because Portman stepped away. Yeah. And I think were Portman still game, they would have gone into James the Foster female Thor. Thor. Yeah. Like, Jane Foster is now Thor. Mm. There you go. Even though the rules in the films don't work the same as the rules in the comics do. Yeah, because they, they talk about this, like, the hammer doesn't give you your power, it mm. focuses your power. Yeah. You're actually more powerful without it, you just need to learn to use it. Yeah. Um, and which you do see when he goes all full-on riding. And we get the second version of that, that sequence. Yeah. But with no hammer this time. He's just lightning all the um, day, motherfucker. His, his one remaining eye glowing. Um... I like the eye patch. I think that's yeah, quite cool. Patch. Like, just make him Odin. He's just Odin now. He's Odin. Thor. Thor. I think Thor. Odin. Brackets. Son. I think there was some concept art for. <laughs> There's a couple of bits of concept art for Infinity War. One, one where he's got Yarnbjorn, which yes. is the axe he has. Yeah. Before he got me on there, and since become the unworthy in the comics, mm-hmm. and also with the metal arm that he has as the yeah, unworthy, which I think, which I think, and as Old King. Yeah, oh, as as King Thor in the in the future sections of uh, Jason Aaron's Thor, God of Thunder, which, which is fucking fabulous, by the way. Which I think now what they do instead is that's more it's more cameos. I think it's yeah. more like we're going to use these things you visually love and we're going to put them in the movie. Um, but based on minor spoilers for the San Diego Comic Con details that leaked about the Infinity War uh, tease, based on that, the ship in the post credit scene, the mid credit sequence is Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get all of the Asgardians, and I think they're going to be a bargaining chip. I think having that speech is going to be his bargaining chip. Yeah. I think... <clears throat> or, or, maybe that's, or maybe that's his bargaining with Loki. It's yeah. like, right, thanks for helping me as a reward. You and your people, I'm going to let them live. You can pick somewhere. Like, you have somewhere. Yeah. It's yours. You can rule over them again. Asgard's been destroyed, yeah. but Asgard is not a place of people. And they've rescued as many of the Asgardians as they can. Yeah. So now they've got to find a new home. Yeah. Um, and that footage began with the Guardian's spaceship like bumping into Thor in the middle of space. Yeah. So we can presume he's been thrown overboard and dethroned in some way. What about Korg and Meek? Oh, they'll die. <laughs> they'll die. I like Korg. And then that's fine. <laughs> like, that's fine. They are great. But, you know, if you're going to have casualties... Yeah, I, mean, I, love, I love Korg. <laughs> but I can't see that character working no, in, a, no. in a film with a more serious tone because it, it, he is a funny character. Piss off, ghost! Maybe they briefly drop him. <laughs> He's gone. Maybe they briefly drop him off at a pit stop somewhere between yeah. the, the end the end of the movie and the mid-credits scene, and then he ends up in Guardians 3. Or maybe they follow Loki, because Loki's the leader now. Yeah, yeah, could be. Oh, no, I mean, there's interesting directions you could go in. The post, post-credits post scene is obviously just a nice little stinger of um, the Grandmaster... <laughs> 
congratulating uh, the, the sort of the, the, the ravaged groups of his subjects who live on the fringes and, uh, and search for scrap off food. Well done, it's a revolution, and you can't have a revolution without someone to overthrow, uh, overthrow so... so uh, I did my part. <laughs> it's a tie. Uh, it's a tie. <laughs> He's so good. Nice. It would be a shame if he never showed up again, but I also would be fine if he never showed up again, up again because it'd be like you look at the tapestry of the movies and you go, oh, "That was the one with Jeff Goldblum in it. Yeah. That was the one with freaking uh, Kurt Russell in it. That was the one with Jeff Bridges." You know what I mean? You can point out the ones when really cool actors popped up. But Jeff, Tony Stark built this in a cave. A cave with a box of scraps. Bridges. Bridges. <laughs> um, there was an essay doing the rounds on the film website and Twitter was spreading it. Uh, which sake. I kind of agree with. They were like, um, these film lovers and their essays. Can Marvel stop making the villains mirror versions of the heroes? I was like, what do you mean? And then I realised, oh yeah, Obadiah Stane, Iron Monger is basically Iron Man but bigger. Yeah. Um, Red Skull. Red Skull. Well, Red America. Skull's different in a way. I mean, it's the same power set, but he he's that whole thing of he becomes a dictator of his own, you know, military force. He's a Nazi. And he looks soldier. and he looks completely different. Like it's not it's not a direct mirror. But then you've got Black Panther, it looks like Killmonger's going to be wearing a Black Panther armor for yeah. the final sake, sake sequence we presume. Um and it's sort of like oh yeah. <laughs> like the yellow jacket and Ant-Man. It's like two do do shrink. It's like yeah. Can we get Egghead in the sequel please? Yeah. No. No. Warner Brothers and Fox would be like, ah, now that's associated more with our brand. Thank you very much. Uh, Marvel like, cool. Will you Scarecrow? No, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. The porcupine. Yeah. Ah, Frogman. Uh, the frog reference. In the play, Tyro turned me into a frog. Yes, you must admit that was funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, they referenced Frog Thor. Let's do get help. Oh, that was brilliant. I just want to do get help. It's embarrassing. It works every time. <laughs> it's fucking great. That was nice because it sort of reminded you of again. I think, I think the closest the closest cousin to this movie is the first Thor, simply yeah. because this one does sort of continue well, it, the, it, the family aspect. It sells the brother relationship, which yeah. kind of got lost in the Dark World. Yeah, I mean, it's there. But it's mostly there in the first half. Yeah. And when Frieger dies, like, he sort of touches on I mean, it. I would argue that that movie, like, ceases to be as compelling once Loki, inverted commas, dies. Yeah. Because he's, part, he's probably the best bit of it mm. in the Dark um, World. I disagree. Best bit of Dark World is the Chris Evans cameo. Which um, is fucking great. Yeah, which is great. Um... <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I was going to say one more thing about this one. Uh, bing, bang, boom. I like the fact that there's no sort of Thor doesn't try to reconcile reconcile with Hela. No. He realizes there's no point. Like there's no point because she's, she's not doing just this. She wants to get revenge on her father. It's like she's doing this because <laughs> this is what she wants to do. Yeah. She's a villain. I don't know her. I'm not going to try and get to know her. I've just been Fuck told it. she's my sister, but I'm going to yeah. bond to her. Like when he's just right. done that, when he's, oh, I love that. Like when she they find they locate the 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 realm the the little hidden part. Yeah. The lair. Where uh, Heimdall's been keeping all the Asgardians safe, she locates it, and then, even though it's probably miles away, she just hears the staff on the throne room floor just clang, clang. Just keeps doing it casually until she walks back through the door. Well, that's Gungnir. That's Odin's yeah. spirit. So presumably that's got some sort of well, enchantment. I just, I just on love it that anyway. idea. That she's just like, I'm going to kill them. Up. Oh, <laughs> who the fuck is this? Oh, it's Thor. She goes back. He's just like. 
Hello, sis. <laughs> and you're like, okay. I like, I like how... The fight scene's really cool. I like how... She's very much more powerful than, than him. Um, I like which, which makes you root for him more. Because he's really going at it to try and try and win. I like how Thor has adopted Darcy's speech pattern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he talks like Midgard is obviously his favourite place. Yeah, he doesn't talk like an Asgardian anymore. Mm. Everyone, else, everyone else does. Loki less. Loki's a bit more Loki's flippant, been around a bit more. But Loki's yeah. Loki's more sort of talking from that sly, you know, wry trickster kind of, oh, yeah. fuck you, oh, this is, I'm bigger than all this kind of thing, whereas Thor is very much just like, I have adopted a shit ton of dialect from yeah. Earth. <laughs> like, it's, it's, that's just how I speak now. Like you can send an electronic mail. Which is like, okay, do you have a computer? No, I wouldn't need no, a computer. No, <laughs> Yeah, I love the idea that someone set up like you know Thor at Avengers.stark.net or something, and he can't access it because he's nowhere near a computer. But also, like that he considers the Avengers a job. Yeah, he's a friend from work. Which of course he would, because yeah. presumably he gets put up with a room and well, yeah, the money impl- for essentials. The, the and... implication, aside from Dark World, like with him going back to Asgard briefly, the implication then between Dark World and um him going off to travel the nine realms at the end of Age of Ultron, the implication is that in that two or three years, yeah. he's just doing Avengers jobs. So he spent a good couple of years like living in Stark Tower, probably like walking the Earth a bit, living with Jane for a bit, living with Jane for a bit, like meeting people. Also, it, it also means that the uh, the the uh, shorts that Taika Waititi did with Chris Hemsworth and uh, Daryl Jacobson are, are not canon. Oh no, they can't. They can't because they they, they, spe- they specifically refer to uh, uh, civil war conflict. Yeah, yeah. And also banners in them. Yeah, and they are funny. They're fucking Very funny. funny. They're fucking funny. Uh, this is, is Thanos. Uh, what do I know? But he likes he likes Infinity Stones. Uh, he's purple, and he doesn't like standing up. <laughs> Because I did wonder, I was like, why did they not put those in the Civil War Blu-ray? That would have been a really cool extra feature. And then you realise, because they don't want people to get confused and think I that think it's... they'll be on the Ragnarok Blu-ray. And think that they're one-shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, oh, they're very funny. I'd love to see the one-shot return. It would be nice. Yeah. Um, the last one was Agent Carter, wasn't it? Which ended up basically being... The stealth pilot. The fucking for the stealth series. pilot for the show. Which was good. Um, I'm, I'm sad it didn't get pictures. I think, I think two's still quite good for it like because otherwise it would have to elaborate a little too much and it's it's nice to think it's nice to still there still be an element of mystery as to the early years of shield and everything because mm. well, we, we get we things. get a suggestion of it in ant-man yeah like where it went after after another couple of decades uh and in, so, and in winter soldier yeah well mm. hot um, damn yes. call the police and the fireman Serta. call Serta. I also like how Ragnarok was definitively Ragnarok. Oh yeah, Asgard is gone. Yeah, and they they realise like it's like no, you can't stop it. You we're meant to let we're meant it, yeah. to let it happen. That's the point. The prophecy that Hela is part of Ragnarok isn't that she causes it; she dies in it. Like we have to let her die here and now. And she's I mean she's fucking yeah dead. she's gone. Well, she she's draws gone. her power from Asgard. Yeah, and there's no Asgard anymore unless she finds its people. She survives and finds its people well, somehow. Maybe that's we'll the see. trick. 
Who knows what Destro Dream? Because because they, they also mentioned that Thor gets his powers from Asgard, mm. but he still got his powers after Asgard is destroyed, presumably. Well, we don't know. We've not seen them in action, so so maybe not. Maybe that's what where like you know the weapons come in. It's like he has to sort of like channel what's left from its mm. from its people. But maybe and from its, yeah, maybe it's, it's, it, it's history. Maybe it's powered by its people. Mm. Who knows? People power. Oh, there's to breathe. Speaking of people power, if you'd like to spread the word about this podcast, then please do very much so by spread Jingo. it all over toast. Let people toast. They like to see two men kissing toast. I don't see what the fuck has got to do with you. Um, <laughs> spread the word, big damn cast. Let people know all about the show, ladies and gentlemen, because we do love our having a little audience here. But the thing is, if you want it to grow, you want people to find it, you need to spread the word. There's only so much we can do. So we do love to do know. more, but we need more of you so who like four. So do let peeps know. Don't forget to tune in on the YouTube as well next week on Halloween during the day because the final Tricks and Treats stream yes. will begin. The final Tricks and yes. Treats series, which may or may not be the first of something new. We'll see. So uh, dive into that one, ladies and gentlemen. And also, of course, you can catch uh, the Chucky Watch series we just dropped as well. So do give that a go. Uh, if you want to contact us during the week, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. If you see Thor Ragnarok, let us know what you thought. And, of course, get in your predictions for Stranger Things Series 2, because we're going to be talking about that next week. Yes, we are. I'm going to binge that shit this weekend. I've been the devil's anus. And I have been... The hammer that pulls me off. Yes, I was going to say, pull, I've been pulling you off, but... You need oh, it. a sour taste in the mouth, isn't it? Not if you pull it. <laughs> <laughs>